Welcome to the Hunting Dog Public, where we talk about everything hunting dogs and more. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and let's drop that tailgate. Today's word, Psalms 107, verses 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Psalms 107, 1. Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Timber Creek Dog Supply, our go-to for everything hunting dog related. Timber Creek has been in the dog supply business for 20 years and supports multiple tree and running dog organizations. Check them out at TimberCreekSupply.com or on Facebook at Timber Creek Dog Supply. We would also like to take this time to thank Mr. Jeff Island with the Ground Floor Landscape Supply for his support in the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. Thank you, Mr. Jeff. All right, guys, welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and today we're talking to Mr. Sky Scott. Mr. Sky, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Mr. Sky, can you tell us about a little about yourself and where you're from? Yes, sir. Um, my name is Sky Scott. I'm from a small town called Mariana, Florida. It is about an hour to the west of Tallahassee here in the panhandle of Florida. Um, just enjoy the outdoors. Um, you know, when I'm when I'm when I'm not working, when I can get there and do it, I'm I'm the in education, the director of education uh, for the Boys and Girls Club of Tabula Rasa. We cover uh, four different counties here in the, the panhandle of, of Florida. So um, it's just any opportunity that I can just to, to get away from from life and get out into the outdoors. That's that's where I like to be. Nice. That's a, that's a great thing working with kids. We really appreciate people like yourself. Absolutely. Mr. Sky, we're going to talk fox dogs uh in general and and maybe we're going to get off into the competition side of it but i want to start off with sure. with how you got into hunting with an hound <laughs> if if one could be born into the 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 sport um that was me um my dad was a a dog hunter is a dog hunter still um fox hunter and uh i when I mentioned that I'm from Mariana, um, Sand Sifters Fox Pen, which was one of the greatest field trial facilities in the United States, you know, that I've actually ever been to. And, and I've heard many fox hunters over the years that have always said that, you know, Sand Sifters was the greatest that they had ever been to. Um, I grew up in that backyard 15 minutes from my home. So I've always considered myself, you know, very, very fortunate, you know, in that aspect. And, wow. and so just always going, going hunting, you know, there with dad, we had a, we had a camper that stayed over there and, and that was our weekend thing, either Friday or Saturday night, you know, he and I were going over there to, to run dogs and, and, um, you know, I, I'm a fox hunter, but, but I'm a, I'm a dog hunter, you know, and, and, and I love to do anything, you know, dog related to I me, mean, I, I deer hunt with dogs and I've got friends that they rabbit hunt with dogs and hog hunt with dogs and squirrel hunt with dogs. And, and, and so I, I, um, I appreciate you doing, you doing this. I mean, anything that can bring just, you know, a positive outlook on, on our, on our sport as dog hunters in general. But, uh, that's, that's how I, that's how I got into it. And, um, it is just, it is, it has grown, has grown from there. Um, I was, was blessed to be around the, some of the, 
biggest, most influential people in our sport. They, they happened to come from, from this area. And, um, I was, I was a little kid and was just a sponge, you know, growing up, sitting around, just listening to all of these older men and just anything that they, they would, would talk about. I was just, you know, soaking it all in and, Hey, I want to be that guy when I grow up. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure my mom would have loved for me to have went and, and, and done, you know, other things. And, <laughs> and, you know, she was always, you know, just having to listen to me talk, you know, about, you know, dogs, dogs, dogs. And, and no, my mom, she's a huge supporter of, of, of dog hunting and what I do, but, um, but it's, 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 it's just, it's, it's been my life. It's, it's what I've, it's what I've always done and, and have been just was born into it. So. I get it. The majority of us have, you know, it's, it's actually in my mind, a pretty hard field to get into if you've not been into it. And that's kind of the reason that it, Chris it's and, funny that you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I get that 100%. Um, not to cut you off on that, but I just had that conversation with a friend of mine the other day. It's, it's one of those things you're, it's hard to teach you know, I guess is, is what I'm saying. You, 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 you kind of either born with it or you're not. So, and there's little nuances you grow up watching your dad or, or, or mentor or whoever do that. You don't think nothing about it, but sure. you just automatically know it because you've always seen it, whether it's a command or, or how things work. And if you're not, I guess if you don't have a mentor or somebody like that, that's the reason we're doing the podcast is Absolutely. is to help people because there is a big learning curve to this you know we might not think that it is but there actually is we're just used to it sure sure absolutely you're you're, you're right we see that a lot you know even um especially with me being you know around youth and that being my my job and being in the education profession um i've i've always have always you know, advocated for, you know, take a, take a child hunting. I mean, they are, they are our future. You know, when I'm, when I'm deer hunting, I, the kids always, you know, I'm, I'm always, yes, load one up with me. I don't want more than one because then we have issues, but you know, but, uh, you know, have a, take a kid with you and, 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 and teach them about it and the sport and the, the great outdoors, because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, they, they are the future. So. Yes, sir. Now I'm curious, are these kids that you're working with, are they uh, less fortunate kids or are they, is it, what kind of program is this? So our Boys and Girls Club is actually very unique. We um, have 11 different sites. Um, eight of those sites are after school sites to where we have, you know, kids with families from the, the, the most well off to, you know, the, the less fortunate. I mean, it, it, there is anyone is able to come. It's, it's just an after school program um, for, for any kid. Um, we have the straight A students to the, to the struggling students that, that come to us. Our other three sites are actually um, juvenile detention facilities. So um, those kids are actually, you know, serving as sentence. And um, so those, those are, you know, kids that, honestly to be honest with you they're 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 good kids they just never had anyone that you know really just looked out for them the way that you know probably you and i yes they they just need uh they need to see the direction that they need to go absolutely they didn't get taught the direction to go sure exactly right Uh, that's awesome is is there any of these kids that hunt in any of the trials or we do so the the um 
we actually have um, a, a youth hunt and um, we have, you know, lots of kids. Matter of fact, I just came back from a, a hunt uh, back the 1st of October that was held over in the Blackwater River State Forest over in Santa Rosa County um, in, in the, the western part of um, the panhandle here. And it's actually called um, the Coldwater uh, Youth Nationals. It's a youth hunt. And so we take the kids with us and, and um, kids can can go out in the field with the judges and, and ride with the judges and learn about, you know, the, the different judging aspects and, or either they're with the, you know, the hunters and, and learning the, you know, what to do's, what to not do's. And, and, and so, um, but yeah, they, we do have specific hunts that are very, you know, um, child centered. Um, I'm actually the president of the, the Blackwater Fox Hunters Association and we have a, 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 um, a big kids day, um, to where there's there's a just as a whole other aspect of things too, but we have a, a child's handling class to where the, the kids actually get out and are able to show the dogs with you know with the, the adults and so it's a we always do whatever we can you know with the kids to be able to just keep them interested to to teach them about you know the sportsmanship. That's awesome. That's a blessing for y'all to do that. And where would somebody find how to get involved in something like that if they don't know? Are you talking about the the kid aspect of it? Or well, just well let's start with the kid aspect sure. on it while we're there. You said the black water. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of your, I say, you know, a lot of your field trials actually have, especially your field trials that are, are in the summer where kids are out of school. Um, a, a lot of your field trials actually have these these different you know child child handling classes. Um, you know, you, in in one of the things, you, field trials are are held all over the United States and Canada. So um, when you're when you're reaching out to these these hunt secretaries to reserve your numbers, you know, for these field trials, you know, ask them, hey, do y'all have a child's handling class and and um, or or find you one that that does so that you know you can take the field trial and fox hunting is a is it's it is a family sport i mean you pull up to a hunt it is nothing to see just as many kids and and women as what you do you know see men i mean a lot of people think hunting men i mean that's not the case the way that it is in you know in in our sport um so you know you just you talk to these these hunts and and find out just word of mouth you know basically and and um is the way to to go about doing that but um, but yes, if you you want your child involved, your family involved, it's a very family oriented sport. Yes, sir. Is there a a Facebook page or a telephone number or a website or something that people can can find how to see where there these are, are? There are there are different Facebook pages um, that that are are um, there's a Southern Fox Hunters, there's a Nationals Fox Hunters, there's a Masters Fox Hunters. You can do about anything, you know, Fox Hunters and 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 find that. Um, they're, they're on Facebook That's awesome. and uh, there's also magazines. There is the hunter's horn and the chase, um, that, that people can subs- subscribe to and, and their, their monthly subscriptions, or, or you can get a yearly subscription subscription to get a, a monthly, you know, magazine and your hunts are advertised in there. And so they're, they're definitely, definitely ways for them to find out about the event. Now, I assume when you say these places, you'll find both youth events and adult or, or open events all at the same spot, correct? Yes. Yes. That's exactly right. It's, it's all, it's all there. It well, sure is. While we're talking about the youth, do y'all generally have a pretty good turnout for the youth? 
We do. We do. We had a had a phenomenal turnout this uh, at, at the Coldwater Youth Hunt that I just came from a few weeks back. Um, I mean, it's it's nothing to have anywhere, you know, 60, 75 kids there. Wow. I mean, and that's just that's just an awesome thing, you know, especially me being the the that kid that grew up in the sport, you know, and now looking out there and, and seeing, you know, when you pull up somewhere and you see kids and kids are are they're they're in the kennels and they're they're working you know you know with with mom or dad or or you know whoever the person is that they're with and they're side by side they're you know pouring feed and you know grooming dogs and you know working on on things it's it's just really a very heartwarming thing to pull up and to be able to see that you know it, it's it's kind of you know god's way of the the circle you know it it, it continues you it, know so. it sure is and it also teaches them a lot of things responsibility uh good work ethic you know competitive nature it teaches a lot of great things that kids need and with the way the world is now i mean the world is truly it's a scary place you know that we live and and there are so many things that i i, I, I teased about my mama earlier but you know she's she's uh, you know, always said it, you know, that she would have much rather me be hunting and doing the things that I was doing versus, you know, other things that young people can get into now. Um, so, I mean, if you, you, I've, I've heard the saying many times, but you know, if you, if you um, introduce a child to hunting, you'll never wonder where he's at. I mean, and that, that, that was me. I, I was that kid. I mean, I was, I was loading up on Friday and Friday and Saturday nights when, when I was 16 and had a vehicle and a pack of dogs of my own and I, and Sky was going hunting. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a great thing. And I love to pull up to these events and see kids there. I mean, it's just a, like I mentioned earlier, it's just very heartwarming for sure. It sure is. And I've, I've heard the funny joke about, uh, if you introduce them to dog hunting, they won't have any money to afford to do to get in trouble. And that's, you know, that's the truth there too. So you bought a <laughs> dog feed lately, so you'll, you, you, you get it. So. Yes, and, sir. Uh, uh, so. I guess we got a little carried away and I'm glad we got that covered with the kids. Now that you said sand sifter was in your backyard. Sand sifters, Fox fin. Yes. Sand. Is that F A N S A N D S I F T E R S. Sand, sand sifter. sifter. Now is yeah. that a, is that a pen or is that just a place that people turn like on a national? Sand sifters was, was, um, past tense, a 750 acre, um, in enclosure, um, fox hunting can take place, you know, in any, um, in an enclosure and anywhere in the United States, except for the state of Florida. Now they actually, um, done away with that back in, in 2010. So, um, sand sifters then was, was sold and, and, um, it, it's, it's no longer a, a facility, you know, any longer. Um, but, but yes, I grew up, you know, 15 minutes from there. And so that's where your, some of your biggest, you know, trials and hunts competitions was held, you know, 15 minutes from, from my house. So it was, and, and with some of the most prestigious field trials being held there came the most prestigious hunters there. So, so, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, in, in that atmosphere. So was, was very blessed in that aspect for sure. That's awesome. Now, we call it fox. It, it, was y'all chasing fox or was it coats in the pen? Fox and coyotes, yes, okay. both. Now, I've got so many questions. Will a dog run a fox like he will a coat? Do they run the different or? You know, it, it, 
dogs have their their some dogs have their preference um now now with our foxhounds you know most all of them are going to run both you know fox and and coyotes but you know I, you have some dogs that prefer a red fox over a gray fox over a coyote you know they they have they're just like us just like humans they have their preference of what they 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 prefer you know to run because you know the the running style of a of a, a red fox and a gray fox is is totally separate you know you've got your red fox that is more heads up and he's fixing to, to get the heck out of dodge he's fixing to leave out of there um you know he's he's you know whatever he can do to to get away you know get away from him as quickly as he can a gray fox is more of a you know going in 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 circles and trying to tick and tack and and do you know it, he's going to stay more in a, in a closer type range you know and so so some dogs just prefer one over the other you know so now a coat it generally runs like a, a red fox correct that's right. They they'll run more like a, a red fox will for sure. Yes. So, wow, I I got so many questions with that. <laughs> <laughs> so a gray fox uh, would kind of hops here and there and and darts right. and it don't mm -hmm. run straight lines. Right. Right. Yeah. For you know, for the most part, you know, there you've got your your. Uh, you know different one every every now and then but for the most part yes your gray fox is more so kind of gonna kind of stay in a smaller area and try to pull out every little trick you can and and just not get out ahead of the dogs like what a fox or a coat a red fox or a coat would yeah huh all right so while we're talking about um before we get into the competition aspect of it i want to know What's have you seen a difference in the dogs that your dad ran or runs compared in a day back in the day compared to what you're running now? Absolutely, one hundred percent. It's a totally different style of dog. It's a totally different style of hunting than than what it was uh, thirty years ago. Um, used to, um, people got ready to turn out dogs and and they they would go turn out just as soon as it got dark and they ran all night long. Um, you, you wanted the, the endurance dog that was just going to, they, they may not have been the fastest dogs, you know, in the world, but, but they were, they were gonna, they were gonna have the endurance to stay there. They wanted the all night Fox race back in the day. Um, and, 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 you know, of course it was before my time, but, you know, my dad growing up and that was, that was what they always wanted then too, you know, with, with the people that he hunted with. And, um, so it was the same way, you know, when I was a, a kid and, and then along the line came the, the, the dogs that, that did not quite have the hours, but they had the speed. And so then speed became a, a, um, a, a thing that, that people sought after even more, you know, they, then they were trying to get the speed with the, with the longer hours. And, and that's a really hard thing to do um, too, but the, the style of dog has changed a lot. Uh, what hunters look for in dogs have changed a lot um, over the years. So um, it, it's it's definitely a lot different for sure. What What's the difference do you think foot speed was back then compared to now? Um, your dogs now I feel like are faster, but I don't feel like that our hounds now have the 
the the nose the the hunt trail to them that what they had back in the day but i contribute a lot of that to the loss of a lot of public hunting land so we've had to go from a lot of hunters have had to go from you know used to before fox pens came out you, you hunted in the wild you hunted on the outside um as we call it so you know you needed that dog that was going to go out there and was going to you know hunt for this piece of game and and trail the piece of game up and then to be able to run it you had dogs then that had better noses they had what they called fox sense and um, you, you don't have as much of that now because hunting has shifted now there still are you know a few outside hunts but you know uh, a lot of your hunts are now, you know, within the enclosures, within the pens. And so, you know, there's, there's Fox and Cody's in these, you know, 700, 800, 900, you know, 1800 acre pens that you don't need the dog as much to go out and to hunt and trail the game up because there's one just about behind every bush, you know, so it, it all of that has definitely changed our dogs, I'm not saying it necessarily changed them for the better, but, you know, to each their own, everyone likes a, a different type of hound, you know, so it, it's it's basically what, what suits you and what suits your hunting style. But um, they, they have definitely changed, to answer your question. Well, what about foot speed? Can you tell me what the foot speed is that y'all are running right now on average? You know, if you, if I don't have an actual specific number, but what I mean by that is, is, is that, you know, Hunters now don't go and turn out at dark and run all night long, or let me back up and say most of your hunters don't do that. Um, your dogs then, that's just a lot on a dog. Your dog's not going to be able to, to hold up. So so instead of running them the, the long, um, mile-long races, you know, all the time, it's, it's you want to put shorter hours on them and run them, um, you know, used to they would run all night and they would go once a week now a lot of your hunters just run a few hours at a time and go multiple times throughout the week um still getting those miles on them but just not all at the at 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 one time training that dog to be more of a sprinter versus a a long distance runner if that makes sense so um and and i'm not once again that's that's it if it just kind of depends on what what style of hunting you're actually doing so now, well, I guess I was just curious if, if Sky had a number in his head that he's like, if, if this dog doesn't run this speed, I'm going to find him a new home. I really don't. Um, I, you know, I, yes, I have my Garmin and yes, I look at it, but, but I, I, I do that a lot of times I'm on top of my dogs. I'm watching what they're doing. So I, I try not to look at that Garmin much until it's time to <laughs> time to catch them more, unless it's getting dark. You know, I'm, I'm more of a, of a visual person. I I've done this long enough. I can look at them and, and, and know what I'm looking at. So I got you. So what about bloodlines? Is there a major bloodline that kind of everybody runs or is there multiple bloodlines that, uh, people go through? Is there anything like that? There are more bloodlines in fox hunting and in field trialing than you would ever believe. And everyone has their own that that they think is the best. Um, so that's 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 I've been asked that question before. And I kind of always smile when when I get asked that um, growing up when I was growing up. You know, I had these 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 mentors, these people that I looked up to. You had the the uh, 
the White Osteens and the George and Trish Rohera, the the Jerry Martins, the you know these these people that were those were your close you know sand sifters guys, and a lot of their bloodlines were a lot you know of the the same. And then we had people that you know lived away from sand sifters, the the George Hills and the David Hellams, Arthur Purvises, Ronnie Barefoots, and they had their their um, bloodline of dog and and um, over the years, a lot of those dogs are still showing up, you know, in your, in your, in your pedigrees. Um, it, it's people, depending on what style of, of, of hunting they're doing. If you're, if you're an outside hunter, an outside field trialer, um, and when I say that outside term, I mean in the wild, um, you're going to want that dog, that older school dog that I mentioned earlier that has that nose. That, that has the hunt, has the nose, the the ability, the capability to be able to hunt and trail their game up and to be able to run it on the outside. Um, if you are a in the pen hunter, you never step foot on the outside. You really don't have that kind of of um, need in a dog. So you want your more of your heads up type dog, the the speed dog, the the dog that's that's going to be able to to um, you know it, outrun the the dog that's next to him. You know, versus to to where that outside hunter, they don't need that type of dog because if it doesn't have the hunt and the trail to be able to 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 hunt and trail the game up, they'll never be able to run anything. So it all goes back to what to what your style of hunting you know is, and 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 I get asked a lot, you know, you know from from people that you know within the sport and, and from outside the sport, you know, what are you breeding to now? What are you? What is your bloodline? What what's it what's it looking like? And and you know, you do what works for you. I've 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 got a, a a bloodline of dogs here that that I've been um, breeding to since you know I was 16 years old. Um, my my dad hunted up until I was 13, and then dad he uh, he quit hunting when I was 13. My dad's a farmer and was a farmer, and um, before he retired, and so just he, he needed to work. So from 14, 15. I, I was anybody that would come and pick me up and would take me. And then 16 years old, you know, I got my first dogs and, and I, I, I got that bloodline and I figured out, you know, I, I don't, I'm competitive as they come. I don't like to get beat. So I, I figured out real quick what, what didn't work for me and what did work for me. And when I found out, you know, what, what worked for me, that's, that's what I stuck with. And, you know, you get with what you get that bloodline that is, that has been good to you and, and, and you stick with it. So well, I'm curious. Are you running a heads up dog or a trailing dog? <laughs> I'm I'm actually uh, if if you can actually find somebody that's kind of split down the middle, that would actually probably be me because I I with with the state of in the state of Florida, you know, we can still hunt in the wild, and and I really do enjoy that. Um, and the nationals um, is is on the wild, and a lot of field trials that we have, you know, the only field trials that we have here in Florida are in the wild. Um, but then I like to go to the field trials too that are um, in the pens. I I really enjoy those. So I lo- kind of like that dog that that can do both. I want the dog that when I go run with you, I want to outrun you. But if the running breaks down, I want that joker to be able to hunt and trail him up and be able to find it. So if you if you can say that there's there's someone that that likes a dog that can do both, that's really what I that's what I that's me. That's what I breed for. That's what I look for in a dog. I want them to be able to to be what I call just a very well rounded hound. So so when they're close, they can run head up and wind 
for the people that don't understand that. And then Correct. when it's a cold track or if they've lost it, they put the head back on the ground and Correct. start smelling. For the, for the people right. that don't understand what the the trailing versus heads up. That's exactly right. And that's a great, that's a great way of putting it. I, I don't want them to just be dependent on the next dog barking and them listening for it and going to it. I want them to, to have that capability to get out there and find it themselves. So, yes. All right. So I guess the points wise, does that in a competition or a, a field trial aspect is, is that lead more towards a heads up runner? Or is it more towards the the middle of the road? Well, you have different you have different sets of rules in in fox hunting. Um, you you know, and different, but but all of the rules have what you have a um, there. There's a hunting category, a trailing category, um, a speed and drive category, and then there's an endurance category, which is a, a mathematical equation of the others. You know, all mixed together. So, but, but hunting, trailing and speed and drive is a category in, in all affiliated, you know, fox hunt, hunting field trial events, but there, some of them are weighted a little heavier depending on which ones you, you know, you go to. Um, but, um, your, your outside field trialing, um, you, you, the the hunting the trailing and the the speed and drive is is all pretty equal some of your pin hunts your speed and drive um counts a little bit more than what your hunting and trailing does so it, it depends on what type of field trial that that you're going to but you know of course you know the rules before you get there so yes sir where would one where would a person that doesn't know the rules where could they find the rules there's uh um two different um you affiliations there's the national affiliation and the masters affiliation and they both have rule books that you can you can reach out to both the nationals and the masters and and they'll they'll mail you a rule book and and um you know it's it's actually something that i i encourage a lot of people to do i i judge a lot of field trials i'm a master a lot of field trials too master is meaning that's your head judge um and and um you know i think it's very important that that you know not only your judges know the rules, but you you know your hunters you 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 know the rules, and so, um, and that's how I determine a lot of times what hounds I'm taking to each event. If I'm going to an event that is more of a a it's a pin hunt, it's a more of a heads up you know type hunt where the hunting and the trailing does not count for as many points, I'm going to take that dog that I feel like is going to fit you know, that, that category better, my more heads up type dog. I, I'm, I'm not going to take my, my hunting and trailing dog to that event because that's his specialty. I need him on the outside in the wild where those points are going to count for more, you know, so you, you figure out, you, you know, your dog and you know, the hunt that you're going to, you know, the affiliation, you know, the, the type of affiliation that you're going to, and you match it up accordingly or, or, you know, that, that's, that's what I do. So. Yes, sir. Now in the pen, or on the inside, however you want to refer to it, the scoring normally works as in people, judges get on roads or crossings, mm-hmm. and as dogs come by, they score dogs, correct? That's correct, yes. So dogs have, um, for, for people that are just totally 
know nothing about the the sport in general um every dog has a different number that'll be on their side um so the the judges are out in the field um out in the 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 woods and so they're they're scoring dogs they 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 know what they're looking for on the you know if if the running if there's no running going down if there's a dog that's looking to make something happen he hasn't he hasn't smelled a scent or anything yet but he's looking he's he's hunting those judges are looking for that and then if a dog catches a scent and he starts trailing you know the the judges are looking at that and they can score for that and then once they actually jump the game and they're running the game that's what we call speed and drive so say the fox was to run by you and he comes across the road and there's six dogs that are behind him your judge is there and he's calling out the numbers as they come across the road, you know, behind the game. And um, so dogs get a certain amount of points depending on what place they're in when they come across the road. Of course, you know, naturally your your first place dog is going to get more dog more points than what your your second place dog would. So um but but yes, that's that's how that that takes place. Uh how would I assume if somebody's going, they would know this because you wouldn't want the same number on multiple dogs, but how does somebody figure out what their number is? So you call, you know, anytime a hunt is, is advertised, there's a hunt secretary's number that is listed. So you call that secretary and you, you request numbers and it, you know, it may be a, 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 a number that, that, you know, say you called and, they may tell you, hey, Sky's already got that number. So you would have to to reserve, you know, an, another number. But this is the in answer to your question is the hunt secretary's um, responsibility to make sure that there's not duplicates, that every dog has their own, you know, individual number. So, yeah. OK, well, it seems to me like you are cutting loose quite a few. Is there a certain number that a pen will hold? Some pins a lot of your pins depending on what state they're in because different states have different regulations that are set up by their wildlife commission but um you know they have a limit on this is how many dogs is able to be able to 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 be to be run um at a at a particular time so in answer to your question you know yes but but it it all depends on on what state you're in i got you and i was also curious is there a certain quota of game that they try to keep like one per acre or anything like that no not necessarily not necessarily i just wouldn't think that they'd want you know a hundred and a 50 acre pen or that they might want that many i didn't know you know exactly how that worked right right yeah they no not 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 necessarily there's no number that's on anything now when you hunt do you is the inside versus the outside are are those two completely different affiliations or is the the masters have both and the national have both the nationals and masters have both yes they 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 have um and and they have um inside rules and outside rules you know that they call them but you, but yes nationals there are national hunts that are held on the outside and are also held within the enclosures and then there are masters that are the same way that are on the outside and, and within enclosures so yes what about training wise is there anything that you can do besides conditioning to train to train these animals to chase you know it all starts off as puppies um and and um 
you know, every hunter has the different, you know, training program of, of how they like to, to go about doing it. And they start them at different ages, of course. Um, you've got some people who are really big into your puppy hunts. Um, and so, of course, they're going to start their dogs, you know, at a younger age. Um, the quicker they get them started, the quicker they can start getting them into to these puppy hunt, hunting events. And um, I mean, I know of some field trialers, that's the only thing that they do is just do puppy hunts. And then once they age out, you know, at 12 months old, then, then, you know, they, they either keep them for, for brood stock or, or sell them off, you know, to, to someone else who is going to continue to hunt them, you know, through derby and fertility field trials and, and, and um, later on into all age. But um, so it, it just all depends on what they're into at how young they get them started. And then, you know, everyone has a different training program. You know, it's, it's, there's so much, there's, there's so many different ways, so many different avenues that you can go within our sport that, that, that if someone doesn't like one set of rule or one set of hound, you can, you can, you can find something that, that, that fits your liking. So, um, you know, the, it, it all depends on on what you're into or or what's popular in the area you know that you that you live some of us are kind of limited to to what we can do especially you know here in the state of Florida but you know you've got you know other places in the state of Mississippi for example that that you know they're they're you know pretty um, fortunate that you know that they can do both and so the the way that you condition would also and and train would be you know dependent on what style of hunting that you're actually doing yeah now you you told me that you hunt uh you you run deer with these animals it's legal to do there in florida correct yeah yeah it is it is some of my some of my field trial dogs i actually you know i'm I'm a big deer hunter as well and so some of my field trial dogs i mean I, i i deer hunt with um you know, when, when they're, when they're young, when you're just really just trying to get a dog going, trying to get him excited, you know, you could, you could start him on deer, but, um, you know, it, it's not anything that you just want to keep, you know, pounding them on because, you know, you want to, that, that's just more of a starting aspect. You didn't want to get in their mind, you know, towards fox and towards coat, because that's, that's what they're going to be scored on, you know, later on. So, so, so do you, every year you just get pups and go out there and get them started and then the next year get pups again or do you have certain dogs that you just strictly deer hunt i've got dogs that i do strictly deer hunt i mean i have a totally separate pack of of deer dogs um i've I've got some mixed up deer dogs that are um beagle walker crosses um that that are just my my deer dogs um but as far as you know foxhounds and 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 raising pups most of your um field trialers are always going to have pups going, you know, coming on. Um, it's, it's, if, if you don't, you, you, you kind of run into a gap there and you get left behind, especially if you, if you make a cross. I mean, of course we all, we all like to look at it on paper or, or I do and say, okay, well this, this male has got this dog, this dog and this dog in its pedigree and, and the female, she's got this, this, and this. And if I cross this, this would work. And, you know, it, it, a lot of times it does work, but then there are times where that cross, you just don't get quite what you were looking for. You know, they, they just didn't turn out like you had them, had them envisioned. And, and, uh, <laughs> you know, 
the saying is true in, in, in fox hunting too, that one man's junk is another man's treasure. You can find someone that, that wants them and it'll take them and then they'll do something with those hounds to, to, you know, that, that, that fits them. I've had it come back and bite me in the butt before where I've, I've sold a dog, you know, that I didn't think they would, was going to pan out for what I wanted. Then I had to compete against them, you yeah. know, but, but you're, 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 your fox hunters, your field trialers, they always have puppies coming on. And um, because, you know, once dogs, you know, reach a certain age, it's hard for them. It's hard for a, a four-year-old, four-and-a-half-year-old dog to compete with an 18-month-old dog. So, I mean, it's once they get to kind of that age, one dog that's really been field trialed, you know, really hard. So you always want to keep some some stock, you know, coming on. Well, I was curious if you sold pups or, or bred your dog to other folks that run or if you just tried to keep them all in house i I do i do i mean i i i have you know people all the time that are that are looking for pups that that call me you know every week you know hey do you do you have something but i'm i'm not in it for that i mean do i sell some some pups do i sell dogs yes you know but but i i don't make a a career out of it it's uh you know it's and and do i breed to other dogs i have a bloodline of dogs that that has has been very successful for me you know throughout the years but you know if there's something out there that's kicking my tail i want something i want some of it so i'm i'm going to you know i'm going to do my research i'm i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna you know see what what kind of if say there's a stud dog out there that that someone has and 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 there are there are a lot of those within our sport that that are these quote-unquote famous stud dogs that that a lot of your pups are off of and and I do my research, you know, what, what gyps are, what bloodlines are really crossing up good for this. And so if I've got something of it and I see, you know, some other crosses that have worked very well, then I'll take that, that, you know, gyp of mine. If I've got that, that bloodline that's been hitting well with that and I'll go cross her on something. But, you know, you have a lot of your hunters that they're all about the stud dog. You've got, um, you know, they're only going to breed. They're only going to have pups that are out of a certain male. You've got some people that are like that. Um, and, and that works for them. I, I actually do things a little bit different, um, than, than that. Um, but, but it's, it's worked for me. Mr. Mr. George O'Hara, um, and Miss Trish O'Hara was a husband and wife team. Mr. George has actually, um, passed away now. Um, his wife, Miss Trish is, is still living. And, um, um, they, she doesn't have, have hounds anymore, but Mr. George taught me at a, at a very young age. He told me, he said, son, he said, um, instead of investing in a stud dog, he said, invest in brood bitches. He said, you find these, these, these chips that have, have done well for you in your program. And he said, you keep you, you know, three or four of them and, and, and you take them and go out and breed to these, these other stud dogs instead of just being set on one particular stud dog. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that works for everyone. I'm just saying for me, that's what I've always done was, you know, these gyps that have been very successful for me throughout the years that, that, you know, through field trialing, um, I've, I've kept them. And then I've, I've looked and seen what stud dogs have matched up on their type of pedigree and that's what I took them you know taking them to so that that's that is what's worked for me to where other people you know are, are all about the stud dog and and um you know different strokes different folks for sure oh but, yeah uh, I get that now I'm curious I assume a lot of people are wanting to breed drive and speed 
to drive and speed to make more drive and speed? Have you figured out a, a certain percentage, maybe a, a quarter trail, three quarter drive and speed, or you got it down to that, that specific yet? As far as the math, the math to it, no, but I will say this. If you make a cross, and I think that most of your fox hunters will agree with this, or or probably I know within the the you know deer hunters you know as well, and then I'm not sure how it is on on other breeds. But if you make a cross and you get two really jam up, I mean, I, I'm not talking mediocre, and I'm not talking average. I mean, two really jam up pups out of that litter, you've really done something. I mean, it, it's 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 it, it, out of a litter of eight, all eight of them are not going to be superstars. And, and, um, and, you know, but if you get two of them out of it, that, that are superstars, you've really, you know, you've really done something. So, um, it, it, that's just been my experience, you know, through the years. Right, now, you, do, you do have those, you do have those freak litters that the whole litter has turned out to be. And, and those are very, very, very few and far between or have been in, in, my case and maybe i'm breeding to the wrong thing because it doesn't you know always happen like that for me but <laughs> um but you know every now and then you do get what we call the freak litter there but um you know most of the time if, if you get a couple of of just jam up pups out of a litter you've you've been successful with it now are y'all line breeding or are you always looking for something different that's better I do a lot of line breeding myself. It's worked for me in the past. And so as long as it's, it continues to work for me, I'm, I'm going to, to continue it. Um, I, I, you know, of course you don't want it too, too close, but, um, I've, I've kind of got it in my head, you know, what's too close and what's not too close. And, and, uh, but, but yes, in answer to your question, I, I do do a lot of line breeding, but you, you don't want to do it too much. I mean, you want to go out and make that outcross, but, you know, from, from time to time because of, if not, it, <clears throat> it seems to kind of peter out, you know, so. I got um, you. So if somebody was getting into the sport and they had, uh, okay, let's go this route. What breed, I assume the Walker breed is the biggest or most dominant breed. Yes. The Walker dog is the American Foxhound, um, is, is, you know, Walker, you, you do have some that, that mix up with the, the Julys and, or, or some hunters that they just won't just Julys. And like I said, I'm not here to down anyone, um, whatever, whatever works for you, but predominantly it is the American Fox sound, the Walker breed. Yes. Can you explain? And I've always heard Julys and I know we've had several people in our club this run them, but What's the difference in a July and in a regular, I guess, Walker dog? <laughs> I may not be the person to touch on this subject. Um, um, I've, I've got some buddies of mine that are that are July men, so I certainly don't want them to hear this and say, Sky, you completely <laughs> butchered that one. But um, Is there for, characteristics for that the, the yeah. July has that's different than a, a Walker as far as what, you know, maybe running style or something like that that you could touch on? For the most part, your Julys are um, are quicker, but do not have the endurance of what a a Walker dog does. So, some hunters have tried to, you know, 
mix a little bit of that July in with the Walker doll to get that certain mathematical equation down to a fine art so that they've they've got a, a little bit of they've got enough Walker there for the endurance to stay there but they've got just a grunt of that July in there to to give them that little extra edge or um on on speed now my dogs are all 100% full-blooded walker dogs but you know like I said there is no right or wrong answer there <clears throat> now uh I assume do these dogs have to be registered in any sort of registration certain hunts require registrations um and then certain hunts don't necessarily require require registrations but um in order to get the added on, you know, prize bonus, say for example, um, the hunter's horn or the chase that if they, those are the two magazines, the two fox hunting magazines that I mentioned earlier, there may be an event that's going on and they're sponsoring the event. And so you register your hounds in both the chase and the hunter's horn. That's, that's your two registrations there. So um, say for example, that the, the horn, you know, said, Hey, we're going to donate some, some, some prizes to this hunt. But, you know, we're going to donate it to the first, second, and third place dog if they are registered in the hunter's horn. You know, if they're not registered in the hunter's horn, then we keep the prize money. So that entices your hunters to, to you know, if they think enough of their dog to put them in the field trial, then they're going to make sure that that dog is registered because if they were to get, you know, first place, second place, third place, whatever place, you know, that, that they were they were donating towards – um, and they didn't have their dog registered, they're missing out on that, you know? So, um, are, are those two, uh, associations keeping up with bloodlines and pedigrees? Yes. Yes. They both. So they, they send both, you a pedigree, a set of pedigree papers. They do. They do a five generation pedigree. Um, they, they certainly do. So you, you do in, in Fox hunting, what you call your litter enrollment first. So say you were to make a cross and, and, uh, um, you, you call in or, or write into them. They, they have breeders certificate, um, uh, litter enrollment certificates. And, um, I crossed, um, this, this male with this female and they made it on this date and, the they, the pups were born on this date and we had this many males this many females and this is what their color was so so yes they 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 have that that bank there and uh that and and that makes a a five generation pedigree whenever you get ready to then register a puppy that has been litter enrolled and they'll send you that your paperwork to you that's awesome i think we're finna get into the uh i guess i've got some sure enough questions about competition aspect of it but before i do that i know you've done some winning so (laughs) you won hound of the year correct i did i won hound of the year back in 2016 with um not a probably i almost said probably but but with the best hound that i'll ever own in my life um without a doubt i was i was was very 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 blessed to be um the owner of a a hound that um her name was ss flojo and uh flo was just she was she was very very special i I never owned a hound like flo and and will never own another hound like flo uh she actually uh passed away earlier this year at the age of 10 and um so i've got pups and grandpups that's that are off of her and uh, she was a um a, a three-time champion and then also a, a one-time derby winner and then one hound of the year in 
in 2016 and man what a ride that was I mean the 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 friends that we made along the ride just the whole story behind you know flow was just a a remarkable story that that you know a lot of people just don't ever get a chance to to have a story like like what we did and um so yes yes i did and and that was a a a really a really awesome time and and i i owe so much to that dog i truly do now you said a three-time champion is that like a world champion or is that a, a What what, what champion does that mean? She won three different field trial um, events. So so all of your field trials are either um, they're they're three day events, three three um, three day events that that are national affiliated or master affiliated field trials. And um, so she won three of those. And so how Hound of the Year is is calculated is that a dog throughout the year. Um, every time that they place in a field trial, um, they get a certain number of points. And at the end of the year, you know, the dog with the most points, you know, you know, wins that. And it's a, it's just a very um, it, prestigious thing, you know, within our sport. Um, and so it's kind of like horse of the year and in, in, in horse racing, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, some people are, are more familiar with that, that, that follows, that follows that sport. But, um, but she won three of those, three of those events and, and, um, which it's, it's, you don't have many dogs that, that actually do that. In my mind, and I might be completely wrong, but that should be more prestigious than I guess y'all's a, a national championship or whatever winner because she had to do it uh more you know through correct. the year correct yeah it's a it's national is a one-time event um to where your your hound of the year is is over you know the 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 course of the entire year um but but yes it's it's they're both you know this and this is what i tell people your hound of the year is like your um you more know, like consistency I'm, your horse of the year right and and i, I compare this to horse racing because i have a lot of friends that horse race then that ask me this question and like your nationals or your masters you know that that's their biggest hunt within their affiliation that's kind of like your kentucky derby if that makes sense i mean it's a single event is what i'm, yeah. is what I'm so. i got you so how old was Flo when she won Flo was actually a little older than than the most you know dogs. I I continued to to um, most dogs that win that are either you know two to three years old. And and Flo just had um, she had a, a I've only been able to do this with with her and one other dog um, that where I placed them over four years. Um, but Flo was actually four and a half when she won Hound of the Year, and probably one of the older Hound of the Years in, in Hound of the Year history. Actually, um, we we had uh, she 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 won uh, the Blackwater Kaneka Hound of the Year in by 2000 in 2015, and and ended up being in 2015 she was was twelfth overall in the in the major um, Hound of the Year that was covers the United States and Canada, and. Uh, we went back after it in 2016 and she started, you know, placing in some hunts, you know, early that year. And, um, it was just very, you know, consistent and, in, in, in placing within the top five. And we hit, we got to the Blackwater field trial and she won the Blackwater that year. And, um, I, it was her and two or three other dogs. They were all pretty neck and neck and they had got quite a bit ahead of the rest of the, the, the field that year. And, and, uh, we went on to, 
the Blue Springs Open was actually after that. And um, I had taken Flo to the Flo had won the Blue Springs Open the year before. And uh, I, I, I normally don't take a dog back to the same field trial that 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 they won because um, you can't get that championship on your papers twice. And that's a whole other story that we won't get into. But I needed the points, the hound of the year points. So I took her to that field trial and uh, she won that. And um, I knew right then and there, I said, I've got to take her to the national. And uh, so I, I, I took her to the national and, and Flo was just one of these dogs that I, I knew Flo better than, you know, I knew most people. I knew her every move. I knew, I knew everything about her. And she, she, uh, she and I had a, a really cool relationship of getting a little bit off subject here, but I was actually Flo's fourth owner. Um, I, most, most people don't, well, most people do know that story now, but, but, um, I, ha- I got her before she was a year old and, uh, people couldn't handle her. She was, she was wild. She was crazy, to be honest with you. And there was a man that one day I'd went hunting with her. She was just a puppy and he couldn't handle her. And I, I put in to try to get her. And I actually called her that day and she trusted me. I don't, I don't, it, it's had to be a God thing, him laying her in my hands the way that he did. But, yeah. um, so she and I just truly had a had a relationship that I've not had with another dog. But getting back to the Blue Springs Open, um, I, I said, "Well, old girl, you've 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 we're, we've got to go to the Nationals with you now." And so we went to the Nationals. She placed in the Nationals that year, and then um, took her after that, and she won the uh, the Dry Creek Eight Hour after that, which secured her 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 win for Hound of the Year that year so it was a it's a remarkable story it was a remarkable journey and it's something that 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 I'll never forget hey guys we'd like to take this time to thank Precision Aluminum Fabrications for their support in sponsoring the Hunting Dog Public Podcast They specialize in custom aluminum welding from custom dog boxes, aluminum water tanks, and aluminum toolboxes, which are all built to the customer's request. They guarantee the best price on the market while maintaining a top quality product. Precision Aluminum Fabrication is located in Amit, Louisiana, and you can contact them through their Facebook page at Precision Aluminum Fabrication or on their website at www.precisiondogbox.com. So if you are in need of a product or a service, please check them out. Well, I was going to ask if you raised her from a puppy. So you got her when she was a year old. Obviously. I got her before she was a year old. Yeah, I did. And most dogs I, I raised from a puppy. But what's funny about it is, is her bloodline is the bloodline that I mentioned Mr. George and Miss Trisha O'Hara from Willow Oak Kennels. And a lot of your fox hunters will know Willow Oak Kennels. They're in all of your pedigrees, you know, still today, or a lot of them still. And uh, she was actually, when you mentioned line breeding earlier, she's very tight line bred Willow Oak bloodline, which is what most all of my dogs go back to. So, um, yeah, it was a, it, it, it was, I, I did get her after she was, you know, she wasn't born here at my house, but um, I was certainly glad to to get her here. And I got her here before she was a year old and she stayed here till the day she died. So that's awesome. So she must've been showing you something that you liked. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. When I told you earlier that I looked for that all round hound, um, that was, that was Flo. Um, she was, she was your, your, in the education world, we say that was your model student. She was your model hound. She, um, I, 
I've won national field trial, national affiliated field trials with flow. And I won masters affiliated field trials with flow. Um, she, she placed in one day field trials, two day field trials, three day field trials on the inside and on the outside. If it was walled while running, she was there. She was going to get her part. If it was a leaf flipping contest, which is what we call, you know, on the outside, if there's no game anywhere, I mean, she was out there hunting it, trailing it, looking for it to, to get it up and, and, and going. So, you know, when, when, when I look up, when I think all around Foxhound, that's what I, that's what I envision. Always had them feet moving. Always, always. Yes. That's yes, awesome. She did. Did she ever get to where, or or from the b- very beginning, she would come to you no problem? She did. She, uh, I called her. I actually kind of hemmed her up out. In the, when I say hemmed her up, I, I really wouldn't call it that. But out in the middle of a field, a hay field, I actually called her for the very first time. She cowered right down to me, and um, I tried to buy her that day from from the who her third owner there. And he said, I'm going to give her one more, one more time. But, but if I can't catch her this next time, he said, I'll, I'll sell her to you. And so um, a week later he shows up at my house with her and he says, I cannot handle this crazy fool. And he says, do you still want her? And I said, absolutely. I said, what do I, you know, what do I owe you? And I had actually registered some dogs for him in the chase and he owed me $125 for that. He just had not, you know, seen me to pay me back for that yet he said you owe me or i owe you 125 dollars for registering those dogs for me um he said um how about you know we just call it even and let me tell you that was the best 125 dollars i've ever spent in my life (laughs) (laughs) It it, it was i said absolutely and i took her and we still had a lot of training to do but um for the longest time i was the only person that could handle her and then it became my dad and then eventually she became um, the, the friendliest dog you had ever met, but, um, she just needed to, to dogs are different. You've got, and I know you probably see this in your experiences. You've got some dogs that they have to have a hard hand. They've got to have somebody. I mean, it's like a kid, some kids, you got You need to whip their tail every day. They just need it. I mean, it's just all there is to it. And then you've got some that, that, you know, you just can't talk to them like that. You can't, they have to have a softer hand, you know, and, and there, and Flo was that top dog, you know, she, she had to have that softer hand and thank God I, I realized that, you know, very, very early on because I mean, what a, what a ride and what an, an experience I would have missed out on, you know? So. Yeah. Well, that was, that was the, <laughs> one of the tougher things getting into the cur dogs for me is for game. They as rough and tough as they come, but sure. to humans, they're an extremely soft dog. Right, right. The majority. There are some that, that you can be a little harder handed on, but for the most part, a good scolding or, a, you know, a light, you know, spanking, I wouldn't even call it a whooping because, you sure. know, it don't even hurt really. It, you, I could whoop my kid that hard and it wouldn't hurt him, but it sure. just tears sure. them up. Oh yeah, that's that's the way Flo was. I could I could simply raise my voice to her, and it was just like you know she was just cowering down. I mean, it was just she you 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 could not have and and not that because they may listen to this, <laughs> but we've all had this conversation before. Not that her previous three owners did any. They're they're all great um, houndsmen. They've all been successful. Um, not that they did anything wrong that that was never a, a dish at, at them their style just not did not match her 
and, and and I have I've had dogs over the years that my style did not match them. Now I try to adapt my style to the dog if it's a dog that I see some potential in for sure, you know. But but um, they their style just did not match her at the time. But but you know mine did, and she she trusted me, and you know we we went on to win those those three championships and that Derby win, and then the place in the national the way that we did, and went on to win you know two time. Blackwater and Kaneka field, I mean, the hound of the year and then won the major hound of the year. And then um, to, to be able to raise the pups off of her and to have champions that she was a producer, you know, the, I've, I've had champions that were off of her. And then now her pups are throwing pups that I'm, I'm, I'm placing and I'm winning with her grand pups right now. So the, the, the legend of flow, you know, goes on, you know, even though she's, she's passed away. So um, um, I'm, I, I owe a lot for, to her and from the looks of things i'll owe a lot to her for for quite a few years to come so that's awesome and you know some dogs just don't hunt for certain people you know i've, I've seen that aspect of it too so it you know it absolutely it, absolutely it just is what it is but that's so i was curious but i've got another question i guess before we get to competition um well i guess i got two the first one was you said that you can't put another the same championship on the on a set of papers they couldn't put two time on there you know i'm glad that you said that the way that you did because i've asked that for years you know why do you not put two time champion but no once a, a hound wins a a a field trial um you know they don't put two times say for example the 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 blackwater if a dog wins the Blackwater, their papers never say two-time Blackwater champion. It just says Blackwater, you know, champion. So no, it 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 doesn't. So um, that's why I don't ever go back. But 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 you do, you can. If you did win the hunt, you can still enter the dog in the hunt. You know, the next year. I mean, obviously. So I, I won the the Blue Springs Open for two two different years in 2000. You know, with Flo, 2015 and 2016. Even though that doesn't show up on her papers as a two-time winner, um, I can still enter her in it twice. Um, it, it was just that I entered her that second year because, you know, I needed the, the Hound of the Year points. for You know, if she placed in it, then I can still get those points. I just can't get that championship added to my paper. I know, I, I think it's, I, I, I've never understood it either, um, but it's just the way that it is. Now... How many dogs do you take to one of these hunts? Ever how many that you have that are hitting at the time that you think have an opportunity to to place. So, so there's no uh, limit. Somebody can pull up with 20 dogs if they wanted to enter them. There, there are a few hunts that they have limits on that they may say, hey, you know, Cody, you can only bring, you know, five dogs to this hunt. There are a few of those. But for the most part, if you've got 10 dogs that you feel like entering, you can enter those dogs. Yes. Is there like, I know it's, it's, it's a question that you can't nail down, but is there average, like most people bring three dogs or five dogs average or is it? There's not because you've got your, you've got your one man hunters who this is just your, um, fox hunting ranges from all, um, ages and all salaries. (laughs) So what what I'm getting at is you may have your young high school boy who, um, bless his heart. That was me as a kid that was looking for, 
the the extra dollar in the console of the truck to gather up enough money for an entry fee to go over there and enter my one dog to your multimillionaires who may have three kennel boys working for him that you know they can afford to bring more dogs plus they've got the help there to be able to to care for those dogs for the week so um you know they, they may bring 15 head or 20 head you know so it, it it's all it's it to say there's an average no um you, you know when i go to a, a hunt i i like to, number one i'm there to compete and i'm there to win anybody that tells you that they're not there to win they're lying to you yeah you know you're 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 there to win or you wouldn't be there um I'm, I'm there to i'm there to i'm there to compete but then also too you know i don't want it just to be a job and <clears throat> excuse me sometimes it, it does become that but you know the fox hunting family is is and and notice i said family there it, it's exactly what i said it's it's a family i mean these are people that you that you that you see at events all throughout the year and um, you know you want to visit with them i'm closer to a lot of fox hunters a lot of field trialers than what i am a lot of my very own family members and see i see <coughs> excuse me i see a lot of these hunters more than what than what you see you know a lot of family members i mean they they you have a, a a a love a passion a connection a common interest there so what i'm getting at is is i don't want to overwork myself there to where i don't have an opportunity to to visit with my friends and and to where it just becomes a job you know so um i kind of like to look at an event and, and if i'm going by myself um, you know, I may take X number of dogs if it's where my dad can go with me or I've got a buddy of mine that's going to go you know, with me and help me out for the week. I may take a, a couple of other dogs with me that, you know, hey, let's just kind of see, you know, how they how they perform in this environment. You know, you, you get you, you, you sometimes at some point or another, you've got to break out those young dogs and you've got to introduce them to that atmosphere and to where, um, yes, you're there to win. But there have been dogs that I've taken to a competition before, to a field trial before, to where I know that dog's not going to win, but I need that exposure for them. So, you know, if I've, if I've got that buddy of mine that's going with me for the week or, or my dad or someone, you know, that I've got an extra hand, that may, those are the, the hunts that I try to expose those young dogs, you know, to, to where I have that extra person there to help me out. And at some point, you got to see where they stand. Absolutely, without a doubt. Which I guess if you've got other dogs that are really competitive, then you already know where they stand. But You do, and that's a great measuring stick for sure. But there's a huge difference in, in running dogs just with your dogs with five or six dogs each week versus taking them to a competition that may have 200 dogs. I mean, you're going to blow their mind, number one, just putting them there in the – Number one, the the long ride to wherever you're taking them, just riding in the dog box. You know, that that's something they've got to get used to. Number two, just being around just that atmosphere. It, it's it's kennels of, of dogs and people and kids running up and down. I mean, you you and I've had young dogs that have done it before that they get there and they kind of wig out a little bit. You know, they've never they're used to being at SS kennels, you know, it's with Sky Scott, where it's yeah. we like a nice quiet you know, atmosphere environment for them. And then you take them here and it's just like you, you've, you've taken a kid to the, that's been homeschooled all their life and went and thrown them in the middle of the county fair. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's a, it's a yeah. culture shock to them. So they've got to get used to all of that. And, and, you know, to, to, to realize that, Hey, you know, things are, things are okay. And then 
to actually run against different dogs than what they run with every week. So, you know, you, you do, you do have that measuring stick and I do have, have those measuring sticks of, okay, this young dog is now starting to be able to compete with, you know, Flo, Joe, right now at the time I used her for a measuring stick for, for the longest time. And, and um, now I have other dogs that have taken her place on, in, in that um, aspect, but, but it is a different world taking them from that to, you know, the big leagues, so to speak. Well, also, you know, if they're staying in kennels next to each other, them dogs know each other. They also know how the other dog runs. So, you know, that's right. That they learn yeah. each other. As mm-hmm. if, if you play basketball against the same person, you know, whether they want to go left or right, you know what I mean? I've, absolutely. I, I played, I played, uh, college volleyball when uh, when I was in college and then that was a, you know it's a team sport so you know playing with the same group of people um you know on a team there you you knew everybody's strengths and weaknesses and who you could trust in certain situations and whatever else but but um I remember at times being th- you know just just playing around with other people and you thought you know I don't know what this person's about to do in this situation and and I think back to that you know part of my life when when I'm when I'm, I'm hunting now and, and ex- exposing dogs to, to, um, field trials, you know, they, they have to think what in the world is going on, you know? So. How hard, and I want the honest truth, is it to go and deer hunt with half and halves and put these, uh, you know, <laughs> these drag cars up and, and hunt out of these Priuses or whatever, however you want to equate it. Man, I love it. It's 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 funny that you say that because my dad is like a 100% fox hunter. Now he's a deer hunter, but he doesn't deer hunt with dogs. I mean, he comes and goes with me some, but I mean, he's 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 a fox hunter and he says the same thing. And um, I tell him all the time, like, man, don't be don't be throwing any shade over there on my deer dogs. Now my deer dog pack is is uh, it's it's a totally different world. It's a totally different environment, and every one of them has their own job, you know. So uh, I need. I could not take these foxhounds and go kill the amount of deer that I do in front of them than what I can with, with, with my deer dogs. I mean, it's just totally different, but I could not take my deer dogs and go win field trials in fox hunts with them. So, you know, they've got their own well, job. Well, can we elaborate on that a little bit? What, why do you think you can't, you don't think they can, you think they're pushing the deer too hard? Do you think that they cannot, uh, a deer is just harder to run? We don't have as many deer in our area than what a lot of people do. Um, our, our deer are, we have a big hunting party. We, um, we hunt hard. There are dogs that are, and we have to hunt public. We, we hunt public land, um, here in, in Florida. Um, and so, you know, there's not as many, you know, tracks of private land for, for us to be able to hunt here. So the, the deer hunters in our area are kind of all pushed to that, that public land. So there's a lot of pressure that's on it. And so like our hunting party is a, is a big hunting party. And, and, and I've, I've got a job where I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to where I get to do a lot of hunting. So we hunt, um, you know, all day long, there's dogs on the dirt from daylight till dark. You come in at night and, and feed yourself and feed your dogs and you're right back you know you're right back up again in just a few hours and and tracking roads and we we hunt our tail off to kill 15 bucks a year i mean and 
and people don't understand that we just don't have the amount of deer that what a lot of people do. Now I know, you know, so, so what I'm getting at is, is I've got to have that dog that, that can take that, you know, five and six, eight hour old track and be able to really just stick to it. And, and, you know, our fox sounds today just don't have to do that. They're not bred for that, you know, anymore. So they, they wouldn't be able to, to get out there and to just, you know, stick with an old buck like that the way that they need to in order to do what I need them to do with the amount of deer that we have. Now I heard you say track and roads. We do. What does that term mean? Um, Just looking to see, you know, deer that have crossed, you know, throughout the night. Um, That's, that's on top of, you know, tracks that have crossed on top of traffic. You know, we, we know, you know, truck tracks and, and, and tire tracks of, of, you know, who drives what and, you know, you know, Hey Cody, you were the last one down this road last night, you know, for the most part, I got it, got a good track over here on top of your track, you know, so you're, you're tracking roads to try to see, you know, where, where, uh, what, what may have crossed during the night and, and, and find, you know, what we call a, a good buck track to go over there and put on, you know, that morning and start our day off with. So, so I'm just trying to wrap my head around this because, I guess the way we do it, and I'm not saying either one of them's right or wrong. I'm just saying our, our way we do it is, is we find places that deer normally bed. Like a traditional spot, like, you know, there's a food source here and it's a thicket here. It, if I was a deer, I'd be laying here and we cast them here and they jump the deer up and they run it. And if they don't jump a deer up there, they keep hunting until they jump a deer. We do do a lot of that as well, um, but we try to start our day off with something that, you know, that we think is a buck versus just going in there to that bedding area and jumping up the first doe that's there. Now, do we jump a lot of doe? I mean, there's no way for us to look at the the track and say, you know, oh, yeah, definitely that's a 100% buck, you know, but, but you know, you've done it long enough that you, you know what a, a this has more of a chance of being a buck track versus a doe and a yearling or, or whatever else. So we try to start off the morning, you know, by that and may spend the first hour or so doing that. And then we start hitting those, those commonly used um, bedding areas and, and places that have the food and water sources for them. So I'm trying to wrap my head around around remembering. I just don't understand how, so are y'all on gravel roads or is it clay roads or dirt roads or? Yeah, clay, clay dirt roads. Yeah. So, so yeah. they're not gravel. No, 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 no. Okay. No, That's no. what I'm trying to wrap my head around. No, All of ours are gravel no, no, and I'm no, like, I... no, we're, we're in the, we're in, we hunt the national forest. And uh, so, I mean, it's public land and it's dirt roads. And so, you know, there's so many people that are down there all the time that, I mean, you, you know, when a track is, you know, fresh or not you know or or if it's a, a last night's track you know is what what we call it and um you know if it's you know on top of the dew or if it was on top of the rain or or on top of so-and-so's tracks well i know he was down this road last night about such and such time you know so it's it's you know that that kind of thing but but yeah it's it's dirt roads so you can see the track uh, which i know we're getting way in the bushes <laughs> I just don't understand that. I guess ours is mostly clay ground here, so it's uh-huh. hard as a rock or uh-huh. extremely soft. So if it's not rained, yeah, it's, and there might big. be five thousand. I mean, not five thousand, but there might be you know just tons and tons of tracks. I, I'm just trying to wrap my head around 
how how you, you go about judging that. You probably don't have the traffic that we have too. When I tell you, like, I mean, we don't have many areas to be able, you know, pup, you know, land to to be able to to do this type of hunting on. So, um, you know, there there's a lot of traffic that's there, and in our dirt, I mean, yeah, it can get hard, but it's it's more of a sandy clay, so to speak. So, um, you know, you can see the impression of the deer track, you know, pretty well. So, yeah, okay. Uh, I got that. I guess. Sorry, guys, for getting off in the in the weeds on that. I just curious. Hey, man, listen, I told you from the get go, I'm a dog hunter, so right. I don't care. We talk, we can talk dogs, we can talk squirrel dogs next, whatever you uh, want to talk. We talk so, about a dog, we can talk. So. so, so while we're on deer dogs, let's talk about this. <laughs> My partner Chris Knight interviewed Tony Davis. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. He is no, the I... buck assassin. He runs deer dogs. He is on TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, whatever. Anyways, Uh he runs walker dogs. But at the end of the year, the neighboring hunting clubs, or I guess hunting groups, whatever you want to call it, get together and they have like some field trials for hunting dogs, for deer dogs. Do y'all do anything like that? It's actually uh, funny that you mentioned that. We, we, um, do get together and, and, um, we had hurricane Michael that hit us here in 2018. So it really, um, messed up a lot of our hunting woods, but, um, and then after that, you know, we had COVID. So it's, we, we've been hit really hard, you know, here in the panhandle for the last couple of years and things are, are just now kind of getting back to normal, you know, for us. So this may be something, you know, that we start back up again, but we, um, Always, I I mentioned to you earlier that I'm the director of education for the Boys and Girls Club here, you know, in the Panhandle. And uh, we, um, all of the hunting parties, you know, in in our area, um, in the Apalachicola National Forest where we hunt at, and and anyone else that wanted to come. We had a lot of our friends from Blackwater that came over as well. Um, And and, uh, we put on a, a field trial, just a benefit field trial, a buddy hunt is what we called it, that if you entered dogs, you got to judge to. Um, and all the money and all the proceeds went to the Boys and Girls Club. And so we we did that. Um, we always did a big event in November up until the hurricane um, that, you know, and then COVID was right after that. But, yeah, we did that for, for quite a few years there. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, it was just a no stress, just, hey, get out here with your family and let's let's have a good time and raise money for a good cause. That that seems like a lot of fun. I think we're talking about trying to get one up. You know, everybody sees each other at the gas station getting coffee and fueling up and everything. And, sure. and you know, it's always funny because me and we, we get into these dogs. And oh, you know, absolutely. You talk about a man's dogs, you, you might as well get ready to fight, you know. <laughs> and he, so everybody <laughs> thinks they got the best pack of dogs. So we're, we're talking about uh, maybe trying to have – I think there's five or six hunting clubs around us and mm-hmm. within 30 or 40 minutes that run deer dogs and maybe right. trying to have us a little uh, field trial to, I guess, see, see, I guess what club wins. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's, it's a lot of fun or we have, we always had a lot of fun with ours. The, the, the kids got into it and we got into it and, and we could be, hunters and judges all in the same day you just paired up with a buddy and rode around and got to watch the dogs and you know raised money for a good cause and we we had someone that um the the ladies were really good to us and and would 
some of them would stay back and cook. And so once we got the dogs caught up, we come back and we eat good and we had a little award ceremony and it, it was just always a lot of fun. And, and, uh, um, we, we did not do it this year, but it was actually has, you know, was, was brought up here just recently. Like, Hey, we need to get back to that again. You know, things are, are getting back to normal again. So uh, I look for it to be something that, that we start back up in the near future. <laughs> the only problem we've got is my buddy, Justin Dabbs has run in our club for as long as I can remember. And he just flipped a, a neighboring club. So, and he runs with y'all. So he might be coming out there, bringing some of that heat. <laughs> try, try to embarrass us out there. You know what? You just, you just recruit somebody. It's what you do. So <laughs> dogs. I might have to get Sky to come up here and let, let us turn loose some. You just give me a call, buddy. We'll see oh, what we can that's do. That's funny. That's funny. So, uh, do, do you ever run any of the dogs that might not de- be deemed as, as a sure enough, good enough dog to, to hunt like that? Do you do for a competition or a field trial rather? Do you ever deer hunt them? Uh, yeah. Um, and I may not simply because I, I, man, I feel trial year round. So like, it, it's hard for me to have, I mean, I've got my pack of, of deer dogs over here. It's hard for me to keep a dog that's not going to match my program, but I know enough people. Um, and, and you know, that just the other day, I mean, I, there's a, a, a young boy that's just getting into the sport that, that, I mean, he just turned 16 and, and he just, he, he's just wanting some dogs. I mean, just, and so, I mean, Hey buddy, I got a couple here that aren't fit in my program. I can hook you up. These are not cool dogs. They just weren't dogs that, that, you know, were fitting my program, you know, there at the time. So, um, yes, that you, you can find a, 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 a use form. We, we, we may not have the, the, land here to, to hunt but we've we've got a lot of, of young people here and, and i live in a very rural town and i mean that's what kids have to do around here is go hunting so and especially with me being in the i was um i was a, a teacher um but before you know i, I became a, a director so I've, I've i've taught these kids or or you know somebody's you know that they know to they know to contact me in this area. Hey, so-and-so is looking for some dogs, so I can find you some, you know, so it's, it's, it's not a problem. So, uh, but yeah, I've, I've had dogs before that they've not been necessarily what I've, you know, what I was looking for, but they've worked out to be, you know, great for someone else. Yeah. That seems uh, really cool of y'all to help the younger kids get into it. And, you know, like you said, they might not fit your regimen, but, that doesn't mean just because people think that when people are giving dogs away, they're trash. They might not fit the competition aspect. That's even, even competition squirrel hunters, Mm -hmm. you know, it might not, when it takes out, it might not be running 15 miles an hour and trying to get deep and by itself and hold a tree for five minutes. But guess what? If it treats a squirrel at 75 yards, that's not what they want. It might be a meat dog, I guess is what I'm trying to say, you know, and that don't fit them because they're a competition hunter. So, so same with you, you know, they might be some people that's trying to get into deer dogs that can get up with some guys that are in the, in the competition foxhound world that Mm -hmm. like, look, I'm just looking for some deer dogs. Do you have anything that don't fit your regimen uh, that would you be willing to sell that would might would run deer? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and you know, and I, I, I do that a lot. And I, I've always been one of these people. Don't ever forget where you came from. Um, my, my dad quit when I was 13 and I was the most, I mentioned this earlier, but I was the most miserable child in the world there for a couple of years because I mean, heck, that was my world. You know, I, I absolutely loved it. And, uh, so, um, my biggest mentor in, in this sport, um, is, is a man named Stuart Baxley, um, from Gunstock Kennels. And, uh, Stuart is, he, he no longer, um, um, runs dogs. He has rabbit dogs now, but he no longer, he no longer field trials when they shut down in the state of Florida. He just did not continue hunting, but he judges a lot of field trials and he, he masters a lot of field trials now. But, but, um, what I was getting at was Stuart took me under his wing and, and Stuart didn't have to. Um, he, he, he took me under his wing as just a young boy and said, come on boy, let's go. And he, he, um, even though I was, I was raised in the, in the, the sport, um, you know, here I was when, when dad got out, he'd sold all of his, his fox talks. So I didn't, I didn't have anything. And, uh, so Stuart, you know, he hooked me up with, with some, you know, not coals, not trash, but with some dogs that, you know, that he, he, he thought that they could, you know, could, could place for me. Um, and, and they did. And, um, he taught me so much on uh, just the, the do's and the don'ts of the sport. And, and, um, I've never forgot that. I've never forgot what Stuart did for me. Um, he did something that he didn't, he didn't have to do. And, um, I've tried to do that for, for kids and for, for young people that, that are, are entering our sport, um, as well to, to hopefully kind of, you know, have that same influence on them that, that Stuart had on, on me. So, um, when I, I brought all of that up to say that, that, you know, no, just because you're getting rid of a dog, it's not necessarily you know, um, trash at all. It's a it's a it's a dog that may not be fitting your program, but you see another avenue to where it could be could be fitting at. So yeah, well, and and along the lines of your story, you know, God puts people in your path for a reason. You know, if he wouldn't have put if he wouldn't have put that gentleman in your life, you know, who's to say you'd be a uh, you'd have won hound of the year and nationals and and so on and so no, i never i never i never would have i mean that's just that's just there's no ifs ands or buts about it i mean i i never would have i never would have would have would have had the success in the sport that i have i mean i've had many mentors over the years um many but but um he he has always been an extra special one and i would never be where i'm at in the sport today if it wasn't for him yes sir and and well and and for instance you know, not, I wouldn't say I've gotten a lot of information from Mr. Galen Cooper with Showtime Dog Foods. I got your number from him. You know, he's yeah. a, he's a, a great, uh, I guess, person to know in the dog hunting community because he is a who's who of dog hunting. Right. You know, if it's right. rabbit hunting, uh, coon hunting, squirrel hunting, whatever. Right. So, you know, may, maybe the Lord put him in my path so that he could help me out with, I, I was like, Galen, I know Nationals is coming to Grenada, Mississippi <laughs> at the end of the month. Give me a name. He said, Sky Scott. So that's awesome. Here we are. But uh, while we're talking about it, you said that y'all have a kennel, SS Kennels. Do you have a Facebook page or anything? I, I do. I mean, I've got my personal Facebook page. Oh, I didn't I mean, know if you that. had a kennel page or, or, you know, for to show no. your dogs off or anything like that. 
Well, my, my, I'll be honest with you. The only reason I have Facebook is because of, of fox hunting. You know, I, I mentioned this earlier, but you know, it's your, it, it's, it, that's your family. You know, yeah. you, you can pick people, you're there with them. And so I see these people, you know, I may only get to see some of them, you know, at the nationals or at the masters or somewhere like just once a year. And then some of them I run into, you know, every month, but you know, we come from all across the United States and Canada. And so that's how I keep up with them and keep up with their families. But um, it, it's, it's, it, yeah, do you, I use it, you know, a little bit for other things, but most of my Facebook is all, all hunting and field trialing and dogs. And, and, and it's so cool to be able to get on there on the weekends and, and Hey, my buddy placed this dog again. And to like that picture that he done it and to congratulate him. And it's, it's a, it's a, um, that, that's what I use it for. But yeah, it's a, every, every hunter has their own kennel name. Um, mine is, is SS kennels. It was, I know that sounds very, very simple, but that's what it was since, since, uh, um, when I, I come up with my own kennel name, you know, when I was 16 years old and, and, uh, <clears throat> when you register a dog used to in the chase, you could only register a dog and use 21 characters, including spaces when coming up with his name. <laughs> and, uh, so I'd played around with all of these different things of, of, you know, possible names and everything else. And then it just kind of hit me one day. I was like, why don't I just stick with SS Kennels? Because SS is just two characters. And that still leaves me 19 more that I can use for a name. You know, no if, I, if I'm a name that's too big, you know, that, that, that limits my, my options and my choices on what I can name a dog and register him as. So um, SS Kennels is, is what, it, what it started off as. And, and that's what it, it still is today. So. <laughs> Two of the more important questions. Do you give a name to a dog before it shows you something? <laughs> I get asked that question a lot, actually. Um, yes and no. So some dogs, um, I let's take Flo, for example. I tried to, on her, her litters of puppies, incorporate, because she was so special, incorporate her name into their names. So I had those, like, like names like the day that they were born you know but now these other litters other litters of puppies like you know a dog has to you know you hear the old time saying a dog has to earn his name before he's he's given a name you know so yeah um, and hate to use a good a really good name on a on a oh, really sorry dog. that'd be terrible so, that's, that's yeah, the worst yeah. it's kind of like uh, having the names for your going back to my profession again and it's kind of like having the names for your children picked out you know and then you 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 encounter one or you teach one and he was just a a, a hell child and you're just like man that just totally ruined it for me you know I, i'll never be able to 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 um look at that that name again the same so um but yes i i, I normally kind of let them earn it but on certain certain ones you know i have I will come up with some good names that'll incorporate the the mom or dad or both or something, a good, a good mixture of it all. So, uh, what are you feeding? Dog feed wise? Yes. Sir. Like kind of dog feed? I feed pride. You feed pride? pride. I, do. I, th- I do. Is it a, a 30, 20 or something like that? I feed pride. The orange bag was just 27, 20, 27, 20. And them and your dogs hunting in these trials hold up on that. Very well. Very well. Huh. Yeah. Um, so, um, Mr. Galen may not have liked me saying that, but <laughs> he's a good friend. He's a showtime man. And, Galen. And, and, the, ooh, yeah. He's going to be on yeah. you now. He, he might've should have gave me a different name. Yeah. Mr. Galen, <laughs> you, you just ignore what I just said. Mr. Showtime. Galen, you got to be on him this week. <laughs> oh. 
is a is a also it's a great dog feed and they they do a a sponsor a lot of our hunt and, and we couldn't do what we do without our major dog feed you know sponsors uh showtime um sponsors a lot pride dog feed sponsors a um a lot of our our events and so um but but yes pride is what you know works for me and works for my works for my program so it might be a secret but do you add any vitamins or anything like that in there it's to, for some dogs but then some dogs don't don't run well on them to be honest with you so um, no, it's, it's no secret i mean some some dogs need a little bit more to where some it's a little bit too much for them so you just kind of have to know your dog uh how many do you keep is there a certain number you want to keep that you can take that you think you compete with or Cody, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you Cody, like I tell everyone else, we don't count dogs here. We just, that people <laughs> say, how many dogs do you have at your house? I'm like, we don't even want to count. We don't want to look, you know, it is, it, it is, it is what it is. I probably have, I honestly cannot tell you an exact number, but I would say I keep somewhere around 35 head of dogs, you know, Ooh. always. That gets tough yeah. on the feed build, don't it? It does. It does. But I mean, heck, you, you can't take it with you when you go. So oh, I agree. Sweet. Now, I assume you keep young dogs trying that way. You're not having that gap. But do you try to keep, you know, all right, I have 10 dogs that are in the the three to six age range. Let me keep the best six of them and get rid of four. Or you just keep all 10 of them if they're competitive. I, I don't try to, I don't necessarily ever have a number that's in my head of, Hey, this is what I, what I've got to have right now. You know, I, I kind of like what I told you earlier, I've, I've got a few of those gyps that I keep for my brood stock and I, I, I raise, you know, the puppies that are off of them and, and I kind of go through them at a young age, you know, just say, all right. And, and, and it may be that, okay, Hey, you, you've come to me and, and, you know, Sky, I want to, would like to buy a pup, uh, you know, a couple pups, a pair of pups from you off of this litter or whatever. Okay, well that's, you know, we do that, and then this leaves me with this left, and then I may pick out just a couple of them, and then there's some crosses I may be extra excited about and say, hey, I'm gonna keep this whole litter and let me go through them first. So, th- there have been times where I have been said, good gracious, I have got you know too many that I'm doing. I don't, I don't like to get overwhelmed i don't like it to be a stressful situation i don't like it for there to be too many i like to keep a, a number that i can handle to where i can enjoy it um you know when, when you get too many it's it's just not enjoyable and if i'm not having fun then then there's no sense in in doing it but i like a very manageable number um whatever that number may be at the time and um you know there there have been times where i said you know it's time to cool down a little bit but then there have been times that I've thought, man, I wish I had a couple more, you know? Yeah. So, um, and, and it all depends on what, what field trials you plan on going to, what do you have coming up? Um, you know, so, you know, you, you, you can't just continue to run the same dogs just over and over and over and over. Or you'll just wear them slapped down at a very young age. So if you've got a lot of field trials that you, you plan on going to throughout the year, you need to have a, a, a good number to be able so that you can switch them out. I'm taking this group to this hunt and then in a couple of weeks I'm going to another hunt. So I'm going to take this group or or, hey, I want to hit some of these outside field trials so let me me focus a little bit more on my dogs that have a little bit more of the nose or hey i'm 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 going to this this pin hunt and so let me focus a little bit more on these that are a little heads up so 
it, like with everything, there's so many different avenues that you can go, but it's just all in depending on what what your game plan is for the year. I, I try to sit down at the beginning of the year and say, okay, this these are the the field trials that I would like to attend this year. And let me see how I can kind of sort of map this out with the dogs that I have currently and the pups that I have coming up that I feel like have some potential and I feel like they'll be able to compete once this field trial gets here. So I, I hope I answered your question there. Yes, sir. All right. So Joe Blow has a pack of walkers that will burn a deer up. And he says, you know what? I think I've got what it takes to go to a competition. Is there a certain, should he, is there a certain minimum that his dog should do before he even goes? I mean. Joe Blow needs to go check himself before he thinks that. And I don't mean that cutting a deer hunter, but this is what I'm getting at because I'm a deer hunter too. And I've heard this many times from deer hunters, you know, and, and, and that have never stepped foot onto the fox hunting field trial scene. They have said, oh, man, I've got old so-and-so. He's the fastest dog down here. He can do, you know, this and that. And I, I could go to those field trials and just wear y'all out with him. You don't even you don't even know what you're talking about. It's like comparing apples to oranges. Um, you, you know, a lot of our, our in, in my area, a, a long deer race may be an hour long, um, you know, and, and that dog is doing that. And he may be. You know, he's great at what he does. He's great at what he is bred for. He's great at what his job is. Um, but he's he's being ran an hour right then. You know, you go to these to these big the big leagues, the big field trials, and it is five hours for three days in a row. You're looking at running 15 hours within three days. And a lot of those dogs aren't con- they're, they're not conditioned for that. You, you haven't trained that deer dog. You've not conditioned that deer dog to be able to to compete at you know the way that these fox sounds are um so i hear that a lot um i've heard that a lot throughout the years and 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 and, you know the best way best thing you can do is to tell me yeah come on and they quickly find out you know that i am way out of my league i mean it's 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 something that that you know some of them you can tell them and then some of them they just have to experience it for themselves and then they you know 99 percent of the time leave with their tail tucked between their legs oh i get it um you know we have a lot of instances where a buck gets way out in front of a a dog's and it crosses and the dogs might be 800 yards behind it and you're dump some fresh ones on it dump some fresh ones on it so you know i get i get that aspect of it i see mm-hmm. that a lot you know but <laughs> You know, everybody's going to talk that junk and and say that they I, got what it takes. They, they do. I have a a, a hound, a, a deer hound that that um he's 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 getting some age on him now. He's about eight years old. He's very well known within our hunting party. If you get after a buck, you you won't all MC on him. You know, he's he is he is kind of the 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 deer dog in in our in our in our party and in our area and he's got a pretty good reputation you know within our within our area but i could never take him and go and compete with him you know at 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 a three-day field trial i mean as good as what he is and as and as great as his reputation you know may may be i and and i know too it's not fair for me to say that i know but because i, I do both you know but you the, the people that say that that they can come and can compete you know on the the field trial circuit are 
and, and this is not downing their intelligence, but they're speaking out of ignorance because they don't know. They don't know. They've never been. They've never been on that side of the fence before. It's a totally different world. Well, there ain't but one way to find out. You know, that's, that's right. That's and, right. And and once you come over there, maybe you figure out that you might. Well, there might be multiple things that happen. They might figure out that the, what they need to compete. Sure. Whether they enjoy it or not, and and. I'm going to say that most people are probably not going to enjoy it the first time because <laughs> losing is not very fun, but you can't expect to, to win your very first outing. So, well, and as long as I've, I've done this, Cody, I still go into any of it. If you go into anything in life, this is just a life lesson in, 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 in general, but, but this is how I, I do it with, with, um, you, you know, the dogs, as 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 long as I've been in the sport, as you know, successful as I may have been, I still don't know it all, you know. And 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 I go to you know the nationals. You mentioned the nationals earlier, and it coming up in in Grenada here in in a couple of weeks. One of one of the 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 biggest things that I enjoy out of that event is that you have hunters all across the United States and Canada that are going to be there. That is my opportunity to be that kid again and to be that sponge and to go around to these people and to sit down and to listen to them talk and to soak it all in. I mean, if you go into anything in life and, Oh, I know it all, you know, then, then you, you're, you're never going to get any better. And um, I, I, I don't ever go into a situation like that. And, and um, it's, it's, if you if you'll try to make everything a, a learning experience, you'll be really surprised at, at what you do come out of it learning. So yes, sir, I agree with that a hundred percent. Let's talk a, a briefly. I know we, I was hoping to get an hour, and we're almost at two. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and that's cool. The the biggest thing I've seen is is everybody enjoys more because I I didn't realize as many how many people did the same thing I do. I work by myself, and. I listen to podcasts all day. So we got a right. lot of people that's like, you know, as much as possible. So we'll get off whenever you get tired of talking or when we run out of stuff to talk about, but I want to jump into the competition side of it right quick. Okay. All right. So how many, I guess, is there a, a specific number of, of hunts? Is there 20 something hunts, 30 something hunts a year? Oh, there's way more than that. Okay. Um, then, yeah, there, there are way more there. There are, there's no telling, you know, how many that there are, there are hundreds of field trials, you know, throughout the year. And, and there's almost a field trial every weekend. I mean, if you, or, or let me back up and say, there is a field trial every weekend. If you're willing to travel to it, there's one that's taking place somewhere within the United States and Canada, you know, every weekend throughout the year, um, multiple ones. I mean, there, there are many times that, I'm like, dang, I wish I could go to this one and this one, but they're on the same weekend, you know, that you just, you know, that's, that, that's when you need multiple kennel partners and you can split up. But, um, but no, if you want to go, there's, there's one for you to go to somewhere. If you got the gas and, and the time, then, then you can make one. Now, uh, are these events mo mostly one day, two day, or just all, all different? Um, you, you know, you do have your, your one day field trials, um, but, but you can't make your champions here are your, your three day hounds. So that's how you get a championship is by, by attending the three day field trials. And so, um, there, there are some, some one day hunts, um, and, and some people 
that's really good for the the one day hunting. They may be people that they are very limited to their vacation days. They may not be able to take off a, most of your field trials, not all of them, but most of your field trials are Thursday, Friday, Saturday hunts. Well, you know, with that comes, you know, if you work a Monday to, to Friday job, you've got to take a couple of days off. And, and a lot of your, your, young people that may not have built up vacation time or may have, you know, young families, they may just not be able to get out and, and, and do that. And so the one day is, is more of their, their, their style. They're able to go on, on those Saturdays. They don't have to take off, you know, time from, from work to be able to go. But, um, but you have those one day field trials, but I mean, there's a three day field trial every weekend. There's a national or master's affiliated field trial every weekend somewhere um, for you to go to if you, if you're wanting to go. Hey guys, Bob Osborne with Timber Creek Dog Supply is a one-stop shop for dog supplies and hunting gear. He carries everything from coon lights and squalors to hip boots and tracking gear. So if you are in need for some new outerwear, a new thermal, or just a leading collar, check out Timber Creek at TimberCreekSupply.com or by phone at 662-230-7400. And if you are ever in the Oxford, Mississippi area, go check out Bob's store. Now you said that there is Canada and also in the United States. So obviously there's trials in Canada, but is They're this all- mostly an Eastern United States sport or do they go all the way West to California? They don't go to California or if there is, I've, I've never heard any, but I mean, they, they, I know, you know, Texas and Arkansas and, and, you know, right on up north, you know, and, and, and then as far, you know, east of, we have a lot of hunters that, I mean, a lot of people don't realize this. We have a lot of hunters that are in, in, um, New York and, and, and Maryland and down the, down the East coast. And, and, uh, so it's, it's a, I'm not saying that there's not any in California. I've never attended a, a field trial that's that far out, out West, but, um, but it is, it is, you know, open to the, to the entire United States and Canada. Have you been, how far North have you been? Uh, I have not been to Canada and I will say that that is definitely on my, uh, my, my bucket list. A, a good buddy of mine, uh, JD, JW Dubose, uh, he and I, um, have, have talked about that. And we said that that is definitely on our bucket list as we want to make a, a field trial in Canada. I've never, I've never made it across the border. I, gosh, I don't know how far North I've been. I've, I've, I've been on up there for sure, but, uh, there, there are some things on my bucket list that I do definitely want to, to attend and, and going across the border to one is definitely one of those. So. Do Northern dogs run different than Southern dogs? <laughs> We used to have a, when sand sifters was open, um, we had a, a, um, a, a husband and wife team who they lived in uh, Canada during the summer and they came to Florida. They had a, a home in Florida during the winter and their dogs were, um, they ran their dogs a little bit heavier than what I was accustomed to running, but it was always amazing that those dogs always performed so well. They, they were used to, and, and they ran them heavier because it stayed colder up there, of course, you know, so they had to have, yeah. you know, more, more body fat and, and, uh, but then they would come down here during the winter and, um, um, 
they they would perform and they they did well they were very competitive they 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 placed at a lot of a lot of hunts and and uh but yes they they look different they're they they normally run them with a little bit more weight on them um than what than what we would run ours so i I would assume that the northern dogs coming down to the south would probably have a harder time in the humidity and the heat than the northern well, southern dog i don't know i guess if you go up there and run in the snow i guess they don't like that neither so i don't i don't really know yeah I, they they um most of the time when when the canadians come to to our hunts it is during our colder months so they they are you know it's not as much of a of a shock to them versus what it would be for our southern dogs to to go up there and um it, it, i've been to field trials before where it has snowed and you know florida dogs haven't ever seen much snow before and so actually turning them out and in in the snow is 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 uh it's funny to see their reaction um it's it's they've never seen anything like that before and, and have ever run in anything like that before so um it, it, it's it's different for sure definitely well is. their pads is probably not built up to it neither that's exactly right well and just as our pads are not built up for um um cold weather i'll never forget i was in a getting a little off subject but you mentioned pads i'd went to a uh, a field trial out in harrisville mississippi once and uh harrisville is is it's very hilly it's it's mountains for a, a florida boy here but um I, i'll never forget it rained and then it um it 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 froze that night and so the 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 rain froze on the pine straw. There's a lot of pine trees in there and froze on the pine straw there and those dogs going up and down those hills and they were trying to, you know, catch themselves going down the hills and it really messed my dog's pads up. My dogs weren't accustomed to that. They had never and I never have feet problems. I never have foot problems. My dogs have, have I'm always been very fortunate with that aspect. That's never been anything that I've ever had to deal with. And I forevermore had to deal with it at that field trial. My dogs were not used to they were not accustomed to that. So I get it. Well, we're in I'm in the northeastern part of Mississippi, so it's a bunch of pine tree country up here with hills mm-hmm. and hollers and mm-hmm. well, you know, that's I guess a normal thing here you know sure sure so sure. i guess it's all what what one dog gets accustomed to it's just i guess you got to be consistent in all of it well you do and like i try to you know which i've been to most of the places that i feel trial at now so i know you know you know kind of the terrain so there are different places that that i like to go and and condition a dog you know grenada you know coming up nationals is coming up it's a very very hilly terrain there um, so, so I try to run my dogs in some hills beforehand, besides just getting them out there and just throwing them to the wolves and saying, all right, y'all, here you go, you know, sink or swim. Um, so it's, uh, you, you try to kind of condition them matched on the terrain that you're, you're taking them to. You, you, you um, you know, you, you want to practice how you play. So, yeah. Now the, for the people that's never been at a regular three-day hunt not nationals but a regular three-day hunt is there vendors or anything or you show up at a clubhouse and draw out and hunt and everybody socializes and then leaves i mean of course you do have some of your smaller hunts where there's not you know anyone there and it's like you know the latter of what you just described but the majority of your field trials are they do have these field trial vendors um that that are there that they've got you know different dog supplies and 
field trial supplies and um i mean that's their business and then they 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 will go to a field trial in florida this week with their their um trailer mr and um Mr. Jimmy and Miss Janelle Eastman with American Foxhound Supplies. Um, I'll give them a shout out for everything that they they do. They are huge supporters of of our sport and they donate and give back just to so much. Um, they th- that is that's their that's their life. That's that's their their career and they they have a a a um, huge you know camper um, that's a it's a toy haul. And that, that their living quarters is in the front of it and their business is in the back of it. And so they'll be in at Florida at a field trial this week. And when that one's over, they'll load up and they may go back home, you know, to stock up on some supplies. If, if, if home is on the way to their next field trial, or they may leave Florida and head to a field trial, you know, somewhere else. So it's, it's, um, and there are quite a few vendors that are, that are that way that, that they're just on the road. They're going to wherever the events are at and, you know, what a life to to be able to to do something like that and to be able to be surrounded by by you know what you love all the time i mean it's it's, it's i think it's pretty awesome that I, I love i love that i love to have them there because as organized of a person as i am there's always something that you're like dang i wish i'd have got so and so well you just you know that's just like that's that's Going in one of those supply stores is like, you know, sending a kid in Chuck E. Cheese. I, I'm <laughs> all about it. I'm all my, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it, you know, when I'm in there. So um, it's great to have them there. And, and uh, we're just very appreciative of, of all, not on, only what Mr. Jimmy and what, what Miss Janelle do, but, but our other, you know, Foxhound uh, field child vendors do, you know, for our, for our sport. Um, yeah. But it's very nice to have them there on site. I agree. Uh, you know, we, we'll give him a shout out. Also, the people, the guy that we partnered up with, Bob Osborne mm-hmm. at Timber Creek Dog mm-hmm. Supply. I mean, yeah. you know, he, he goes all these coon hunts and and squirrel hunts, and he does running dog hunts and stuff like that. And he hauls his trailer over there, and that's his life. You know, we sure. we partnered up with him because I told him I was like, look, I'm gonna buy from you either way. Absolutely. <laughs> You know, yeah. if you don't want to come on board or whatever. And he was like, yeah, I'll come on board. So, you know, we appreciate people like that. And as a community, we need to buy from people that support what we're doing. Man, that's the truth for sure. You know, with me being being involved in so many different associations, um, we, we do uh, write-ups for, you know, when we turn in our results. We also give a, do, a, do an article to put into the Chase and the Hunter's Horn magazines. And, and uh, that, that's, if I'm not writing the article with my secretary, if it's where I'm the, the president of a hunt and I'm not writing the article with my secretary's, you know, writing up the article you know that's the first thing i say hey make sure we have our sponsors on there you know make sure you thank these people because you know we could we couldn't do it without them i mean they 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 do so much for us so well as bad as i hate to say this but bass pro shop has all all the the weekend warriors that support them what us as a community need to support the people that are supporting us that's, Absolutely. To my 100%. knowledge, and I might be wrong, but Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's and all these people are not donating stuff to prize tables or, you know, whatever. So the the people that are donating and coming and spending time with us at these events, 
we need to really get behind them because without them, you know, what, what happens when you need a lead or if you need a Garmin collar or whatever at one of these events, well, Bass Pro ain't going to have it there. Absolutely. And it's so nice to have that one-on-one connection too. Um, and, and, and there's so many other people, there's three rivers and there's CNS scholars, you know, that I've developed relationships with all of these people, but, you know, going back to, to Mr. Jim with, with American Foxhound supplies there, th- there can be something that I need. And I mean, I have his personal number and I can text him or I can call him, Hey, Mr. Jim, I'm out of so-and-so. I mean, he has my address and, and probably my credit card on file and, and, you know, <laughs> Hey, but I'll get it right out to you and, and shoot within just a, a, a day or so I've got it sitting on my front doorstep. And I mean, and how nice is that? You know, I've never been to a hunt. You mentioned Bass Pro Shop. I'm, I've, I've never been to a hunt to where I've won something that was sponsored by, you know, Bass Pro Shop. And I could never call Bass Pro Shop, you know, to, sorry if there's anyone out there that works for Bass Pro Shop. This is not a dig at them, but this goes on to what you're saying. I could never call them and get the sort of customer service that I get from Mr. Jim. You know, so well, I agree. Yeah, I, I need to preface that. I'm not, I'm not throwing shade at them, right? Uh, right. Cabela's or or Gander Mountain or any of these other big companies. But I, I'm just saying, the people that spend their weekends and their gas money and they're they do it because they love it. They're not getting rich doing it, right? Right. You know, exactly. let's support the guys that's out there supporting us. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. 100%. 100%. But, but yeah, in, in answer, I, you know, I guess to get back to that and answer to your question, I mean, they, there are vendors at most of your field trials now, and then your, your, your two biggest events throughout the year, the, the nationals and the masters, um, there, there'll be multiple vendors there. And, um, man, like I said, I'm like a little kid in the candy shop. I, I love to just go in there and go look and I may not even need anything, but by the time I've come out of there, I bought something. <laughs> so, it's, it's now, great do y'all run collars? Uh, obviously, on the outside, I would assume you run a sort of tracking collar, correct? Correct. And you run collars on the inside as well, if that's if that's your question. Okay. Well, I didn't uh, know if if maybe if they was in a pen, then you didn't you you wasn't allowed to run a collar or what? But no, you you do. But you know, you know, you think about this. Most of your field trial facilities, let's just say, you know, is seven, eight, nine hundred acres, and and some of your bigger ones like Swainsboro, Georgia, is double that. I mean, it's it's eighteen hundred acres. That's a lot of land. Well, it, I didn't take so, that into consideration. I'm thinking about yeah. uh, a guy's up here next to me that's got a twenty acre pen. You know, that you that's not as easy, as hard to to get a dog rounded up in. Right. Yeah. And then and, and and also too, this is another thing you you have to look at. Dogs are scored for our three-day events, five hours each day, that's 15 hours. Any time that they run, okay, so let's say that we we turn out dogs at um, 5.30 in the morning. Okay, that's your cast time. So your catch time is at 10.30. Your judges are stopped judging at 10.30. They go in to go figure scores. Well, dogs are still running. Dogs don't have this clock that just says, okay, now it's 10.30, we're done. It then becomes the hunter's responsibility to get your dogs rounded up as quickly as possible because every minute that they're running after the hunt is actually called is an extra minute that they don't need to be running. So you, you want you're you're as a as an owner, you want to to be able to catch your dog up, get him caught, get him brought in, feed him so he can begin resting because that dog is is getting ready for the next day while 
dog number two is over here, he can't be caught. And he's still just running extra hours that, that he's not getting any credit for. We call those no credit hours. They're, they're, they're running overtime, but you don't get paid for overtime in the field trial world. So as quickly as you can get them caught up, the better you are, you know, for sure. Now, are y'all allowed to run correction collars or just uh, tracking? No, you can you can run you know correction collars on on them. Um, matter of fact, in the state of Florida, you have to run correction, and and that's not a a, a, a field trial foxhound rule. That's a that's a Florida Wildlife Commission rule. Um, but you know it's it's uh, that's to you you want the correction collars especially you know running on the wild because you know if if you if you get towards private property or or a boundary or a highway or something that you need them to stop at you know you want to be able to hit that tone button and and blow that whistle blow your horn or or holler or whatever it is however however how you've trained your dog um to to hey it's time to stop come to me you're in danger you're on a boundary line something or another so that you can get that dog caught up and, and get him back safely so uh yes we 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 run alpha collars on 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 all of our dogs and all of our events i i, well, I get that and i understand that reason but what keeps joe blow over here from looking at his garment and his dog standing still and him toning it so at Okay, I got you now. So at a lot of your hunts, um, and it's up to the affiliation, um, uh, it's a requirement in Masters. And Nationals does not require it, but if the if the Master of Hounds requires it, then they can. Then um, garments have to be shut off during the hunt. So if they're in a pen, on the outside you cannot, I mean, they, they have to stay on. But if you're in an enclosure... Um, the collars are, are on on the dogs, but but your your handheld your your Garmin has to be turned off, and you cannot turn it on until the hunt is called. So say you know the hunt is over at ten thirty, the master of hounds will then say, okay, the hunt's called. Hunters, you may now turn on your garments. So then you turn them on, and if you're caught with your Garmin on during the hunt, then your hounds are eliminated, and 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 you're out, you're done so okay so on the outside uh it's just i guess uh uh um, what's the word i'm looking for you know uh, honor system well you you can't on the outside especially in today's times and and i wouldn't necessarily call it an honor system because here's why if you got a dog that's standing there and you tone that dog i mean what's he doing He's he's fixing to come to you. Well, then he's scratched. He is he's eliminated. We and we never we haven't ever touched on this, but but dogs can be eliminated out of a field trial for what we call loafing. They can also be um, scratched for and, and loafing means not pursuing to hunt, not to not to um, not trying to to stay going to keep the race going. Um, dogs can get scratched for barking faults and 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 you know running the back track running the covered track just babbling just going up and down the roads babbling i mean they can get scratched for that eliminated out of the competition but if you tone your dogs or my dogs if i tone my dogs they're going to quit hunting so i run the risk of that dog getting seen by a judge when he's when i tone him like that um and and then getting scratched for loafing so it, it's it's a uh, why would you want to you know unless well, you had to get out of a dangerous situation i, you I know, guess uh you know for instance coon hunting or squirrel hunting 
Mm-hmm. I can tone my dog or I can tone a coon dog. If it stops barking, it'll start barking again. If it, start, if it starts getting a little loose on the tree, you tone it and it's going to get back on the tree. I got you. So if it was standing there in my mind and you tone it, it says <laughs> maybe I need to start working again. Right. We, we train ours differently. A tone for, for our dogs, for fox dogs, for foxhounds means stop. It means stop what you're doing. You need to be listening for ever how I've trained you to come to me, um, whether that be um, a certain holler. Um, we've got certain people that use blow horns, people that use whistles, people that use their truck horns. That 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 tells that fox sound to to stop not to continue to stop what you're doing if you're in the middle of a race you know and 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 to quit and and be listening for for your owner and, and come to him so i guess i guess it's the way that way that it's trained you know each each um each dog hunter trains them differently but that's yeah how, well you know, in our worlds you know if it's do, doing something it knows it's not supposed to do, but you're not necessarily looking at it and it thinks it can get away with it. And you look down at your garment and it's getting a little loose off that tree, you know, 15 right. yards, it moved 15 yards and you hit that yeah. tone button and it'll go back or you give it a little, little static. It'll go back for a correction. Sure. Sure. You know, I got it. So I, got it. I just, I didn't know if there was, I guess I see what you're saying now. And, right. and you know, even with them in the box deer hunting, you know, in our club, uh, only the people that own the dogs has the correction for their dogs. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are very few people that have. And when I say very few, um, there are very few people that actually have the correction numbers for my dogs. Well, that is the, the people. And, and that's just my deer dogs, my fox dogs. I'm going to be the only one that 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 has. them. Um, but but like when we're deer hunting just someone else that I completely 100% trust because what you want your dogs to do and what I want mine to do may be two totally different things. And I don't want you to, you know, correct in mine. So, well, for the people that that don't understand, there's two different codes on garments. There's a correction code and uh, the correction code to my knowledge will track also. And then there's just a tracking only code. Correct. Well, Correct. we we have I think we had seventy five collars last year, so, uh, the correction codes was only for the people that owned them, mm-hmm. and then everybody got the tracking codes. Right. But if right. they're barking in the box, you'll holler at oh you know so and so on the CB and say tone your dog because mm-hmm. they're barking in the box, you know, sure. and, and all you got to do is tone one and the rest of them show. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yes. So. And the only reason that getting back to this real quick, that I have someone else that, that may actually have my correction code within my, my deer hunting party. Uh, we have very, very big blocks, very big sections in, in the national forest. So it may be that I'm on one side of the block, and and you're on the other side of the block but you need to be able to stop my dog before he gets out there he's went out of range for me even with my long range antenna because it's it's real thick timber here or was before the hurricane and uh so so i may not be able to 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 be able to stop him before he gets on that side so you know i i I do have someone that i trust on the other side of the block that has my correction code um just to be able to hit that tone button you know to, to stop them before yeah. they get somewhere it shouldn't be. I get it. Well, 
uh, I know I've said this earlier, but on that Tony Davis episode we had, right. he has a guy, he and he said the name, I can't remember the name, but he has a triple mag mount that goes on top of a truck. And they're tracking dogs six and seven miles. Yeah, and, and there are there are times that I can do that. Um, but but like I said, um, it's it, we've got some pretty thick area here, so therefore, you know, you're not able to 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 track as far as what and and I know you've seen it um, too. You know, you can let's go back to Grenada again. You've got hills and hollers there where you can be tracking a dog there and, and he gets up on top of one of those hills and you're tracking him great. And he, he goes down on one of them hollers and you're like, where did that joker go? And just a minute he comes back up the other side and boom, you pinged him again, you know, oh, so 100%. It, it's, it's all in the, the terrain of the land. Yeah. So I guess we're going to finish up with, with nationals. And that's, that's actually how I got on, I uh, got you on is my buddy, Justin's like, look, I don't know if you know it, but, uh, nationals is going to be in Grenada, Mississippi at the end of the month, beginning of November and October. And I was like, well, I didn't know that. And anyways, so I got on the horn to find somebody to talk about it. And you have actually won that, haven't you? I did. I won nationals back in 2020, actually. So that was uh, two years ago with a a jip um, called Red Gal SS Red Gal, and she she goes back to all of my many years of of bloodline. She was born and raised uh, right here at SS Kennels, and and uh, yes, that that was my childhood dream. When you asked me, you know what what did I what did I always want to do? You know, as a kid, I wanted to win the national. I mean, I mean, what larger event was there, you know, to, to, to win than that. And, uh, it's one of those things that, you know, you dream about it and you work hard for it, but you just don't ever know if the cards will line up for you. And, and, uh, it did. And, and it was a, it was a, a, a wonderful thing. It was, it was great. It really was. So, um, now that would be equivalent to to like the Super Bowl of Foxhounds, correct? It would be like your Super Bowl of Foxhounds, your Kentucky Derby of horse racing. I mean, it's it's really what it what it what it amounts to. So you know, you've got two separate sets of rules. You've got your national rules and your Masters rules. So the Nationals and the Masters are your two biggest field trials within both of those respected associations. Um, so and the and the nationals has is has been around um much longer than than the masters. I'm not saying one is better than than the other at all. I'm just saying that it's two totally different affiliations. But the nationals is 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 what founded, you know, our sport. That was it was um was the National Fox Hunters Association. So yeah, as a kid that was a dream and and thank god i was able to uh, uh accomplish it and it was it was a it was a wonderful thing it sure was so i i, I just rewatched that video from that award ceremony the other day and and i guess just with it when it gets you know october you get to thinking i mean what you get thinking about it beforehand but it you really get to thinking about it the hot man nationals is a, is, a, is less it's this month it starts this month and so i went back and watched that award ceremony i have it on video and it just shoot man it's been two years ago and it still gave me chills just goosebumps just watching the ceremony all over again all the time and hours spent finally become oh, worth it 
so much, you know, blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, it's such a cliche statement, but, you know, hard work pays off. And, and I, 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 I put in a lot of hours for that. And it was just like, when I remember, you know, winning that and just thinking back to and it was the same with flow with with hound of the year you know I, I remember like after winning both of those those are the two biggest things i've ever won was hound of the year and the national and and um my two greatest achievements you know within the sport and afterwards i'm i'm a reflection person and i reflected back on just like from the beginning to that point and and there's so many hours and so much hard work you know to get there um but it it, it pays off in the end so now, can you tell us a little bit about the Nationals and how is it, I, I guess, has it always been in Grenada? It has not been always been in Grenada. Um, it, 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 um, I'm really not sure. I would think, I think back in the early 90s, I actually think it was, um, it was in Laurenburg, North Carolina there for years. And, um, but it, it, it was, um moved to Grenada and um and it, it has been there you know ever since it's been there for for years now and um it, it's it's a it's a it it is just a uh it's my favorite week of the year man I mean it, it truly is you you've got all of these hunters that that come in from from everywhere and you have your who's who of the of the of the of the um sport you know um Mr. George Hill, you know, from, from Kentucky that you, you look back in any pedigree and you've got, you know, you know, that Hill name is in there and, and that's, that's, that's Mr. George. And, and, um, to know that you're there and you're, you, you're kenneling next to him or you're talking to, to Mr. George, I mean, who's just a, a legend within our sport, you know, that you're at the same event that he's at. I mean, that's just a, that's a pretty remarkable thing, you know, and, 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 uh, just the people that you get to, to visit with and to, to, um, to, to talk to and to learn from, um, it's, man, if you love a dog, that's the place to be. And that's the week to be there for sure. How many people do you think roll into this place? I would really be scared to even, to even say, but I mean, you're looking, a couple you're hundred. At, yeah. Cause you're looking at a thousand dogs that week. Cause you have, what you have is, is you have your fraternity and you have your national. So your fraternity, takes place your first three days and so your fraternity are your younger dogs those are your dogs that are under the age of two and um the fraternity takes place that monday tuesday and wednesday and then your national is that thursday friday and saturday and it's kind of like your minor leagues to your major leagues in baseball i guess is the way to to, to look at it um but it, it's it's um between the two events you're going to have a thousand dogs that are there so i mean you've got hundreds of people that are there because I mean, I, 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 I have met people there that they've brought their whole family and brought one dog. And when I say the whole family, I mean, mom, dad, three kids. I mean, I've, <laughs> I've seen that. I mean, there are, there are kids that, 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 that is their time off from school, that they come and people have worked all year long and that's, that's where they spend their vacation at. And, and it's a, um, there are hundreds of people there, hundreds. No. Where's the event held at in Grenada? It's um it it's held it's it's actually held um uh, just outside of of Grenada there on the um um 
the the Mississippi hunting dog um, has has property that's there that's um, between Grenada and and Coffeeville, I guess. Um, they're on the outside there of of Grenada Lake, and um, that that's 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 where it's it's held, and that's where the kennels and the facilities are are all at. And they have a have wonderful wonderful facilities there. I mean. It, I mean, you can only imagine, I mean, a place big enough to house a thousand dogs, you know, definitely has to be a, a place that is, is, um, well, I was, was going to ask if I had somewhere to camp. I know every, about the only thing I know to do over there was the fish. A lot of people around here go over there to fish the spillway and there's a campground over there. I didn't know if you, they utilize that. There is. There's a campground that's there where where um that you know that that campground will be full of fox hunters that week where people have brought in their campers. There are are lots of cabins that are there that um that people rent out you know for the week. Um, I I rent the same cabin every year. Um, that that I've I've rented for the the last few years and and I just you don't you don't go look for a place to stay during national week the month before you better book it a year in advance um because i mean there's just that many people that are there and 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 um if if you're you're looking for something the the week bef- before you you may be uh sleeping on a sleeping bag after the start so <laughs> <laughs> well the upside and the downside of mississippi is if you don't like the weather give it an hour it that's might right change Hey, that's the truth. With my many times to Grenada over the years, I have been um, um, in my shorts and t-shirt one minute and an hour or so later, I'm looking for a hoodie behind the seat of the truck somewhere, you know, and, and <laughs> it being beautiful one minute. And the next thing you know, the wind goes to blowing and and it's it's blown our our um, it, it's blowing our work tents all over the place where we were working on dogs and you better strap them down. I mean, it, it it's, it's like Florida, man. I don't know if it's where it, that way everywhere else, but we can be from one extreme to the other too, real quick. Like, so now uh, y'all are running on the outside or in, not in a pen. They're free casting over there. Correct. They are. It's in the wild. That's correct. So, yes. so walk me through this, that how are judges stationed? I guess on roads. To even get on the judges list for the fraternity and the national, that's the best of the best. I mean, it's your most prestigious judges all throughout the country. Um, it's not like your your other hunts where, um, you know, I, I, you know, Johnny goes to put on a field trial and, and hey, you know, so and so, can you come? Can you come judge? Yeah, I need a couple extra people. No, it's by invitation only. I mean, it, it is it is set out before a. A um, every national affiliation um, can you know can nominate three judges and and I don't have my actual number in front of me but I think there's 120 something 130 something national affiliations so every one of those affiliations can nominate three judges and they they nominate those just so so you think about that if every affiliation you know nominates three judges which of course some people get nominated more than once. Um, you know, you've got the opportunity there to have 300 and something people actually nominated, you know, um, it, it, it's, it's from that, what you have is, is you have, um, a panel there from your, your board of directors where they look over it and, and, and your, your most prestigious judges in the United States and Canada are then asked to, to judge the, the national, um, and they are they they're they're 
placed out in the field. Um, and they go where, I mean, you have your certain areas where, you know, hey, you know, Sky, you go here, Cody, you go here. Um, but, you know, to start with, but then you go to where the run is at. But you got to think about it. If you cast four or 500 dogs at once, you know, there's going to be multiple races all over the place. So you're just, you're, 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 you, you just, you just find you a, a pack and go with it. So it, you so, don't just stay on your one little, your one little hundred yard area like you might would do in a, in a, in a fox pen because, you know, in a fox pen it's different. You know, they're going to come right back by you because they're in an enclosure. They're in a pen. They can't go anywhere. In the national, they're in the wild. So you, you got to go with them. So, so the judges are more or less, um, kind of keeping up with a pack like you would if you was running deer that's correct yes yes and there'll be multiple packs now know, right are there. they on side by sides or in trucks we have them on side by sides we have them on trucks we have them on horseback we have them on <laughs> on four wheelers i mean yeah there's so, there there was a a lady that i judged with for years her name was miss lindsey burns and she always judged off a horseback until she wasn't able to ride her horse anymore and then she judged off a golf cart so, you know, they, they, it, it comes in all different, you know, shapes and forms of, of what they, they judge off of. I would assume that the judges don't have any sort of collar numbers to track, would they? No, no, absolutely so not. So what happens if a pack gets out of pocket? I mean, they might run the fox the best, but there's nobody there to judge them. And well, you know, and that happens. The look of the draw? That's just the luck of the draw. That's right. You, you, you you hope that you have a, 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 um, a dog that, that doesn't go over what they call the main drag. Um, you know, that's where the majority of your judges is, is going to be at, but you know, sometimes that, you know, you can't, the game doesn't know, you know, where to go and where not to go. So yeah, there's know, not signs it, that point them any. Absolutely. Direction. Absolutely. So now, now, uh, I assume they don't want, y'all out there riding around either do they you can yes you oh can. you can yes you can now in your your field trials that are that are within the enclosures no but we're, we're talking about national week right now nationals is is it's held on the outside it's held in the open and so yes you you go to cast to have a, a, a named casting spot location um hey we're, we're casting at the horse corrals today so everyone goes to the horse corral and they wait for the master of hounds to holler to cast your hounds and ever how many hounds are entered are are, are cast from right there and then you just travel around and and you 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 stay to the side you stay out of the way you let the judges do their job you let them do their work so if they need to get around you you let them do that you 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 do that but yeah it's a spectator sport i mean you ride around and you you watch it and and uh see what's going on so you want to kind of see what 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 your dogs are doing or if there's something kicking your tail you want to be able to watch it too so it's it's really cool well and, and i guess for the people that don't uh, have never done this they might need to know. I, I assume you don't let spectators ride around by themselves, surely. Right. No, they, they, we don't ever have any of those, but I mean, there's, right. you know, there, there are people that, that come though, that, that, um, I mean, I've had people at, at field trials that just buddies of mine that have wanted to come, just, you know, come see what it was about. Hey, come get in the truck with me. Come on, you know, and they, they ride with me, but they, it, it wouldn't be wise for them to get out there and, and do it on their own. Well, and, and the reason I said that is I'm not trying to throw shade at them, but for the people that haven't ran deer or Fox or whatever, if, if 
your dogs are coming right at this crossing. I crank my truck up and go drive off and turn it. Well, that's and, points that you're finna lose because it's finna turn. And major points because you're at the national. And I'm so sure this, that it's not going to be a real friendly uh, <laughs> talk. If no, not, not at all. Not at all. So you, you got to have people there that have hound sense, you know, that, 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 that knows what's going on. So for sure. Is there ever a situation where your dogs get out of pocket and you try to turn them back in there towards the judges? Not in the, not at the nationals. Um, you don't, the nationals, you can't, you, at other field trials, if dogs get to a boundary, um, a highway, private property, whatever the case may be, you you can you can catch those dogs and take them back to recast. It actually says in the rule book that if a, if a dog gets in in danger, you know you can catch that dog. You have to call it in to to your um, your master of hounds. Hey, this is the situation. They'll wait for you at the recast location, and you take your dog back, and you can recast your dogs. Um, at the nationals, you, you, you don't catch unless they just get in a major dangerous situation of some sort like that, you know, but, uh, the, the private property owners that are around there, they are, are good with the dogs running, you know, they're on their, on their property as well. And so there's, there's never any, any issue there that they're very, very, and I tell people from there all the time, they're like, Hey, we wish we lived in Florida. Like, no, you don't. You don't realize just how blessed you are to live where you live, you know, and, and people to be so, so um, understanding and accepting of dog hunters, you know. So, um, but no, they, they just run anywhere. And if the dogs get out of pocket, then better luck tomorrow, you know, yeah. is, is all you got to say because, you know, judges can't. I mean, there's, there's close to 500 dogs being turned out and you're going to have 40 judges, you know, covering them. So, um, yes, they are the 40 best in the United States, but, but, you know, they can only do so much. And I've had dogs that I've known over the years that were just doing a phenomenal job and everything that I had, they had been bred for and everything I had trained them for, and they're getting absolutely zero credit for it, you know, but they got in a bad situation to where there are other times where when I won nationals with red gal in 2020, she never went over the main drag until 10 minutes before the last day. I mean, how awesome was that, that she stayed in, but she had three, she had three great days in a wonderful location. So it out, you know, all the cards fell in her favor, but it, it doesn't always work out that way. Oh, for sure. I wonder, I'm curious. Are y'all turning loose on the Grenada? Uh, is that a WMA over there? No, it's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's private property, but it's a, it's a hunting lease that it's, that it's on. Oh, well, it must be a pretty good piece of land. It is it's called a uh, Magnum hunting club. Okay. Do they run deer dogs over there also? Or they, they, oh, they just they, let y'all come over there? No, it's a, it's a deer hunting lease. It is. Huh. Okay. Uh, so I assume it's like I'll, a there are piles of fox and coyote on it. So, yeah. I mean, it's the perfect place to be able to, to, to hold the national. And, it, and it's got the amount of land to be able to, to hold, you know, to withstand that amount of dogs. Okay. I assume it's kind of like a festival up there. Is it a bunch of vendors and uh, people walking everywhere and just a, a big time? It's a big time, man. I mean, if you, if you, if you love a dog, it is the place to be. The vendors are there. The people are there. The who's who is there and the, and the people who want to be the who's who are there. And, uh, I mean, it's just, if, if, if you love a hound 
it's the place to be. I mean, just imagine going somewhere where there is a thousand dogs that that is or a thousand of whatever it is that you're into. If you're into, you know, hog dogs, rabbit dogs, whatever the case may be, and you've got a thousand of your favorite thing, you just walk around. And I'm, I mean, literally, I'm like, you know, you know, you go to the, the, the fair and walk around and look at the 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 cow exhibits and the horses and the chickens and the whatever that's the same way there man you just walk around i could just walk for hours and just look at dogs that seems like a great environment to me it is it is it is it truly is now now you keep talking about winning with these females and you said your mentor uh said get stick with them females do you hunt (laughs) males dogs at all I do, I do, but I've just always had the best luck with females. I really have. But the bloodline that I run is seems to be stronger with females. Where some bloodlines, some producers, some dogs produce better male dogs. Some dogs produce better females. And then some dogs, you know, just produce, you know, it's it split evenly down the, the middle. The bloodline that I predominantly, you know, run it just kind of always seems like I've just always had a little bit of better luck. Now I've made champions out of male dogs. I have, but I just tend to, to have better luck with females for sure. Especially with, you know, those two for sure. So <laughs> would it, would it be safe to say that you would maybe let a female, it seems like since a female is more your style or, or as a female or as a male more your style, you just happen to win with I'll, a female. I like a good, I mean, if you can get a really good male dog, I mean, if I could get a really good male dog, I mean, absolutely. I mean, just, just flow, for example, I never could breed. I would love to have a, 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 a male flow or, or red gal, you know, um, flow, for example, I, uh, I never could get a puppy out of her until I quit field trialing her. Had she been a male dog, you know, I could have, I could have bred to her and could have continued to have field child her. But, you know, you know, as well as I do, when you breed a chip, then that is, you know, two months that she's pregnant and then two months with her, you know, with the puppies until she's, till she's weaned them. And then it takes you another, you know, three months or so or more to get her back in, in decent shape again. So you've really lost, you know, close to, uh, by the time you add all of that up, you know, nine months to a year and and a a dog a field child dog has a small window okay that they're really hitting and it may be you know a year or so sometimes a little more sometimes a little less and and when you've got a dog that's hitting you better be carrying them somewhere at that time or that that window because because they're not going to stay on top for forever so i never was able to to breed her until you know after i i retired her um, to where had it been a male dog, I could have just bred her and just went right on about my business and, and field child her. So um, I, I, do I prefer a female? I've had better luck with females, but now you let me get a good male dog and I'll be tickled with that too. Cause I can, I can breed and roll on. So what, what about, I assume you cannot take them when they're in heat. Correct. Yeah. You, you can't, if, and if a judge finds out that you have then then they'll eliminate you from the competition because I mean, all that is, it's a distraction for your male dogs. It might but, be out there trying to get free stud fees. <laughs> it may be. <laughs> so, it so, uh, do y'all, I, I guess is there ever a scenario where, you know, 
people want to get to cycle off if maybe their dog seems to be coming in heat during nationals that they'd breed a dog to to change their cycle oh yeah it's it's definitely happened i mean there'll be dogs that'll be here you know um that's always a big fear of mine is is i mean and it's happened before you know um and, and it seems, you know, when you have a dog just right and you are a female, you know, just right for a field trial. And then she, you know, boom, she comes in heat. Like how disappointing is that? But I mean, yeah, it, it happens. I've, I've had, I've heard of people that have done, I've never done it, but I mean, I know some people that, that do do it. I'll just wait the, the, the two or three weeks, you know, that they're in heat and, and then go ahead and get back to running them and find another field trial for them to go to, you know, but, um, well, you know, I don't know what it is. I think it's a change in weather, but it seems like a lot of females come in heat this time of year, and that would be a real uh, terrible time, I guess, in the fox dog world. It would be, and and um, I'm I'm good to go on this round. Um, there have been other rounds where where I have been just just you know, um, um crossing my fingers and and my toes and everything lord please and praying extra to god please don't let her come in heat because it seems to me nice but i think that all of my uh gyps have have come in heat um and and two or three weeks ago just about every gyp here at my house was in heat so it, it's um, i'm i'm good i missed it by a few weeks so i'm good to go so well, that's awesome uh, if nationals would have been the first of october We'd have been uh, a creek battle. So. <laughs> yeah, that'd have been a bad situation. Now, the yeah. dog you won nationals with, how mm-hmm. old was she when you won? Oh wow, she uh, she wasn't even two. So, um, with your futurity, so like this year's futurity, okay, um, is this is year twenty twenty two? It is dogs that were born in January of twenty twenty one and after. So I said earlier under the age of two, but, but it's, it's actually in all reality for your fertility dogs that are 22 months and younger. So you had to be born in January of 2021 or after in order to compete in this year's fertility. Um, she missed the fertility deadline by two weeks. And so um, I was not able to put her in the fertility that year. So I, I put Red Gal in the, the national and, um, it, 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 God had a plan for her to be born two weeks later because I'd have put her in the fraternity had she been, you know, a, a, a fraternity age dog, but I, I put her in the national. So she was not even, she was not even two years old yet. Um, when she won, she won the national in October and she did not turn two until, um, December. So, so I assume with you saying that is it too long for a dog to hold up or is it not allowed if a dog hunts in the futurity it can't hunt in the i guess in the what would you call that the open in the national the, no. are you, are you saying, the national then maturity and then turn right back around and run them in the national yeah it, it, it's too close you don't you don't want to do that it's just too rough um, on a dog yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's way too much because you you got to remember that you know that would be putting that dog going six days in a row versus those other dogs they're just going three days. So they've had three days that have been you know on that they've been ran that you know the other dogs didn't have to run. So yeah, that would just that would just be too much for them. Now what has happened before is as people have run in the futurity 
and say a dog um, that they thought was a really jam up fraternity dog had the opportunity to to win the fraternity and that dog got out of pocket the first day and <clears throat> did not score the way that someone thought that they should have scored. I had seen them then withdraw that dog from the fraternity. So that gave it so so fraternity starts on Monday. So they run it on Monday, the dog got it out of pocket, the dog didn't score what they thought that it should have scored. They've withdrawn the dog out of the fraternity that gave it that Tuesday and Wednesday to rest and entered it in the national on Thursday and the dog actually to go on into actually place in the top ten in the national. I have witnessed that happen before. Wow. So so it's a young dog that's just really exceptional. Yeah, 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 that's so, right. They so is it safe to say if a dog gets out of pocket and has a really bad day, then they're kind of out of it? Or can they have two really good days and win? You can have two really good days and, and win. Um, matter of fact, when I took Flo to Nationals and she placed in the top 10 in 2016, the first day she didn't score a point. Did not score a single point. And here I am in the running for Hound of the Year with her. And I'm thinking, oh boy. Yeah, this is a tough spot. I mean, it's a tough spot. Um, I went to the Nationals that year with, with um, um, me and a friend went together and we carried two dogs. He carried one and I carried one. I've never went to the Nationals with that few dogs ever in my life, but I had one focus that year and that was Flo and that was us winning um, Hound of the Year. So I did not take anything else. So she, I went out there with, with her, my one dog, and I cast her on the first day and she didn't score a point. She come back the second, and there were there were four hundred and eighty six dogs that year. She went from not scoring a point on day one to being eighteenth on day two. She had a heck of a day on day two. Wow. I mean, just were just unreal, and um, that was an awesome day. I got to see her probably do some of her or listen to her probably do some of her best work that I watched her do and listen to her do in her career um that's another story for another day too and then on day three she kept on with it and and moved up from 18th into the top 10 and i placed her ninth at nationals that year any dog that places within the top 10 of any field trial gets hound of the year points so she got you know major hound of the year points there if you place in nationals certain hunts give more points than others so like you know some of your local hunts and stuff yes they give you point you get points for those but you don't get as many points as what you do that's your at your larger hunt so like your nationals and masters is your two biggest you know points i assume that's to keep uh joe blow from jumping around and hunting these small hunts and not hunting against different competition well that and you know you should get more points for competing in the more prestigious field trial, you know, too. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, I placed flow. I placed, if you place a dog in, in one of those bigger hunts, the nationals or the masters, that is, that is huge. And I mentioned earlier that I won a derby and I won three field championships with flow. I took her to the nationals and she placed ninth. That ninth place finish with her at the nationals was probably to me um, bigger than some of her actual championships. I mean, because she placed there at the national that year, and 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 that was just a, a, a 
if you place a dog in, in those two hunts in the top 10, I mean, it's, it's a, it's like winning any other field trial. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I need to preface. I keep saying Joe Blow. If there's a Joe Blow listening, I'm not picking on <laughs> you. <laughs> His mama was, uh, she, she didn't do she, him justice. Yeah. She? <laughs> she, she had a sense of humor, I guess. She did. She but, did. Uh, I guess, man, I've had you on here a long time and, and, I'm kind of running out of questions. I, I know we keep saying nationals and for the people that doesn't know, it's national Fox hunters association. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, where can people find that? Is there a Facebook or a, they do the national Fox Hunter association, uh, does have a, a Facebook page. You can look it up just how I just said it there, national Fox hunters association, and you can follow it. Um, all throughout that week, they'll have updates and they'll have pictures of the event and what's going on. And, and, uh, so for, for those of you, you know, they're back at home, if you want to follow it, um, the, the, People will actually arrive out in Grenada next Friday, the uh, October the 28th, and we get out there ahead of time. Uh, but that Saturday and Sunday, the 29th and 30th, you're you're you at this hunt at the Nationals. It's it, at Fraternity and Nationals. It's different than what it is at your your local hunts, to where you call the secretary and you reserve your number. You can't do that with the Nationals. So to put everything on a on a on the equal playing field. Um, all numbers are placed in a bucket on a, on a chip. And so you have to draw your numbers out there. So um, you go out there on Saturday morning and everyone, uh, I would say 75% of your people are getting there on Friday and Saturday. And uh, you come into your entry room and you draw your numbers and you, you match them up and put them on what dogs you want to put them on. And then you get to work, you know, numbering your dogs and, and getting them ready. And then they, um, a lot of visiting is going on on Saturday and Sunday and, and, uh, Sunday you have your, your big opening ceremonies and, and your, your dog show, your bench show. And then, you know, Monday, um, the, the Halloween day, the 31st is first day cast of the Futurity. Futurity runs that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, October 31st, November 1st and 2nd. And, uh, they'll have a big awards banquet, um, that Wednesday night for the Futurity. And then that will be also opening ceremonies for your national. And then your nationals ran that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And uh, Saturday afternoon, they'll have the, the national awards ceremony. And um, you, you, you try to get you a little bit of sleep that Saturday night. And Sunday morning, people are up bright and early and, and rolling out and headed every direction back home. You know? so, yeah. Now, are you painting or are you dying numbers? It's different. So on a, a white dog or a, a, a light colored dog, like a, a light red fawn colored dog. I've, I've actually got one of those this year. It's been a while. Um, I'll put a black number, a dyed number on, on her and on a white dog, you know, put a, a black number on them. And then on your, your colored dogs, your dogs with, with more color, um, you will dye what we call a blanket on them. You'll, you'll black them out with, with, with that hair dye. And then you'll, you'll, you'll paint them with a white number. So, um, but I, in answer to your question, I, I'll be doing both. I'll, I've got some dogs that I have to dye and some dogs that I have to paint. So, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work. And, and I'll tell you, Futurity National Week is, is my favorite week of the year. It is the most tiring day of the year because, or tiring week of the year. Um, because most of your field trials are just three days. And after three days, you're done with it. 
you're going for six solid days. And, and um, you know, you, you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is your fertility. And, and normally you get tired with your dogs. All right, my dogs are a little tired after day one. They're not as, as up and rambunctious and, and, and pulling at, you know, at the lead as, as hard, you know, on the second day is what they were the first day. They had a day's running, you know, and so you're a little tired. So you kind of get tired with, with your dogs. Listen, there is no harder day than first day of nationals on that Thursday because you've went three days with those fertility dogs and they've been getting tired and you've been getting used to that. And then you start with a brand new pack of dogs on Thursday with the nationals and those dogs are amped up, ready to rock and roll. They have been in the kennels. They've watched these fertility dogs, you know, get to go hunting for the last three days. So they are ticked that they've had to stay behind. And uh, here you are already tired. You're on day four and they're on day one at this point, you know. And uh, you, you've got to be on your ball game Thursday morning. You you really do. It's it's you are wore out. You you really run off of um, adrenaline and just a love for the sport. You know during during that week. Well, it, it sounds like you know five hundred dogs barking at it. if you're a houndsman, <laughs> that, that ought to get you amped up. Oh man, it does. It does. It surely does. It's, it's, uh, there's no better week in the, in the year, but, but, um, you know, it, it comes with a warning. You will, if you do it all week long, you'll be exhausted at the end of it. But man, what a great exhaustion to, to have for sure. So that's awesome. Well, Sky, is there anything we haven't touched on? The floor is yours. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I think, you know, we had it. Um, you told me, you know, you was hoping to get an hour out of this and I'm looking down right now and it's like, we're on three, we're about to hit three hours. Yeah. So I, I, I told you that, you know, it, it's, there's not, the only thing that I can say is, 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 is I'm just very blessed to be in such a, a wonderful sport with just such be involved in such a wonderful sport with such wonderful people. Um, if, if, and, and I was, uh, talking to a, a good friend of mine, Robin Barefoot, not too long ago. And, and I was saying, you know, if I got, if I broke down, if I was broke down in any state, I've got a fox hunting friend that I could pick up the phone and I could call me to come to me. And, and you won't, you will not find a better group of people, a more giving group of people, people with a bigger heart than a, than a bunch of, of, I say fox hunters, but houndsmen. Well, houndsmen that's a hundred percent true. Uh, it, it's it's a if we put on field trials for scholarships to to give a kid a future we put on field trial you know for benefit piles of benefit hunts for for scholarships we put on field trials for for <clears throat> cancer patients um we we have a a big one that that um takes place every year in july that um next july man you need to come out to um that's actually there in in grenada that all of the money raised goes to the labonner children's hospital um it it's an amazing thing and and houndsmen just they 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 have the biggest hearts and and i i truly thank god for putting me in a in a sport that that's just you know yeah, you've got your bad apples, but I'm saying for the for the most part, it's just a a a a big family. Hurricane Michael hit us four years ago, and the very first people to come to me were were my fox hunting friends, and and I and you know our, our homes were destroyed here. I mean, we 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 didn't have anything afterwards, and and um, 
those are the people that, that came to us and, and helped us. And it's just great to be involved in such a, a, a community. No doubt. And, that, and that's the one thing that I have noticed since we've started doing the podcast is it don't matter if you run rabbit dogs. It don't matter if you run fox dogs, deer dogs, squirrel dogs, coon dogs, whatever, hog dogs. It is a community. And, you know, we might not even run the same thing. But you can, after you talk, you're like, everybody's got the same passion for the sport. And I I don't have fox dogs, but it's got me fired up. I, heck, if I can break loose, I might have to come over here and hear 500 dogs run. That's right. You, you come on, buddy. And, and I'm the same way, you know, and I told you from the, from the beginning, uh, yeah, I'm a fox hunter and yes, I'm a deer hunter and I do them both with dogs. But man, if you do something with a hound, you know, I, I support you. I, 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 I've got some buddies of mine that hog hunting is their thing. Hog hunting is big with the, with, especially the, the, the young guys here around home. Um, it, it's not, it's not particularly my thing, but I mean, Hey, and, and they invite me to go from time to time and I go and it's, it's a, it's a great time. And, and I support them and I, and I tell fox hunters this all the time. I mass, I master a lot of field trials and, and I get on my soapbox a little bit, you know, and I tell them, cause you've got some people that are, it, it can be as bad as, and I'm not going to get into all of this, but Democrats and Republicans, I mean, they, they can be, Oh, we're just going to go to national field trials or we're just going to go to master's field trials. And if you don't do master's field trials, or if you don't do national field trials, you're not it or whatever else. And I'm like, man, listen, we are all, we're all we're all houndsmen we're all fox hunters there's not enough of us to all be divided you know you you i, I love to see people succeed in life and and you know if, if if you're a one day man and that's your thing and it's not mine really but if that's your thing and i've seen you've worked hard for it and and you you've been putting the time and the energy into it and you're successful man i'm gonna go over there and shake your hand and congratulate you i mean that's awesome you know and 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 we've got to I tell people all the time, we, we've, we've got to stick together. We've got to, that's why I think your podcast is such a wonderful thing. You're, you're getting the, the word out there to, to, you know, the public of, Hey, this is what houndsmen do. You know, somewhere along the line from time to time, we, we ended up with some people a bad reputation, but they, they don't, they don't realize, you know, what all is, is, is cooking back there what's in the background and and um so i i, I support people that that are houndsmen i really do i don't care what you're running yeah no no doubt you know and that's the reason we're we're trying to do this you know we're not there are some beer drinking turn dogs loose on everybody else's land you know whatever shoot deer in the highway and and you know ever everybody is not a bad apple you know right. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as you follow the law and, you know, you're safe, as far as I'm concerned, as long as it's done legally, you should be able to do it. Sure. Yeah. And if we start taking, you know, one law away and two laws away, next thing you know, they're all gone. So, 
and, and we need things for, and I know we've talked about this, but I can't, I can't reiterate this enough. We need things for our young people to be involved in. You know, that's, that's, that's the thing is that's when, that's when kids get in trouble is when they're, they're, they're bored and they don't have anything to, to, to do. And to, I mean, there, there's a lot worse things that I could have been out doing at 12 and one o'clock at night besides running a dog growing up. I you agree a hundred percent. Just keep, keep kids, keep young people. If you take, you take a child hunting, I mean, just, just they're out there. I mean, well, I, I, they, they are kids that would just love to go. Just, just take them and just be a, a good role model, be a good influence and, 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 you know, show them, show them the way to be. Yeah. I mean, so some of these kids need for sure need a role model, a father figure, you know, or whatever you want to call it might not have that. Or you know what? Maybe their dad's just not into honey and they That's would right. like to be sure. You know, sure. it gives you a buddy that, I tell you what, there's one thing I figured out. It's not very fun hunting by yourself all the time. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, at least yeah. there'll be somebody there to conversate with and and to share some wisdom with. Absolutely. So, 100. 100%. Well, Mr. Scott, I'm, I'm really appreciative of you <laughs> spending three hours on the phone with me. Absolutely, man. It's and, been a great, a great time. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm, sir. I'm, and and this dogs. will, this will air the week before nationals. So okay. uh, for anybody that's curious nationals, he, you said it, it starts when October 31st. Yes. Futuri the the, the futurity. It does. It does. Okay. But we call it Fraternity National Week there, man. And uh, Fraternity starts Monday, October 31st. And then the Nationals will start, um, I guess that is Wednesday, um, excuse me, Thursday, um, November the 3rd. So. And uh, for the people that want to try to look up, there is a Facebook group, National Fox Hunters Association. That's correct. Um, is there a website or anything? Probably not. They don't have an official website. No, there's not everything. Everything is media. So I got you. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe if you win it, I might get you back on here and you can talk about. Uh, I know it's going to be a female, so we can talk about <laughs> how the female, how the female won. Oh well, you 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 call me anytime, man. I'll be happy to be happy to to, to be on. And and I once again just thank you for everything that you do. It's it's I think you got a great thing going. Well, we really appreciate you. And, and like I said, if I can get over there, I'm going to come see you. That sounds great. Just come on, man. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir, buddy. We'll, right, see you. we'll see you. All right, guys. Hope you all enjoyed that podcast. I really appreciate Sky taking the time to come on and talk about these fox pen dogs and deer dogs also. If y'all got some time this weekend, y'all live close to Grenada, Mississippi, y'all go and check them out. Uh, that's the, the, the daddy of them all, of the fox pens, anyways. So y'all go check that out. Also check out their Facebook page, National Fox Hunters Association. That ought to have, I assume, the winners coming up ought to be on there. Go give us a like on Facebook, the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. We'll be releasing an episode every Tuesday. Please share with your friends so we can grow the community, and we really appreciate the support that y'all give, the messages. Uh, if y'all have any questions, reach out to us on the Hunting Dog Public podcast facebook group also come check us out outdoors in moreland i'm gonna get be getting some hunting videos going again on youtube y'all come check us out we appreciate y'all and as always enjoy the great outdoors <laughs>